Welcome to Talking Bollocks with me, your host Howard H. Smith. Yes, it's me. It's time for the bollocks. Um, if this is the first time you've listened, you're probably thinking, oh God, I don't think I'm going to make it to the end of this podcast. Well, you can, you know, tough, whatever. How's that for a hard sell? <laughs> um, hello, welcome to Talking Bollocks, the podcast for November, the Bollocast, nay, the most truthful, swear-filled, cunt, 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 Bollocast podcast there is, the only Bollocast there is, the most sweary, cunty, fucky, bastard, shit, wank, tit, cunt podcast out there. Hello, my, uh, I was going to say my name, I've already said it, but let's go for it, let's do the intro, because it's like Tourette's, I have to do it. My, let's try and do it in one breath, shall we? Um, we, it's me, but you know, you're in this as well, come on, here we go. My name is Howard H. Smith, I am the lead singer in Rebooted Acid Rain, UK thrash band, back since 2015, two new singles, uh, on the road in next month for three dates, also I do this podcast, you got it, also do stand-up comedy, uh, keithplatt.co.uk, and also on Twitter and on Facebook, everywhere you can find me, I am, and uh, I'm now running out of breath. Right, so, um, yeah, I, I can't be asked with that stuff. Um, uh, please subscribe, please leave a review, and all the other shit that every other podcast says. Yeah, do that. I'm also on Patreon. That's right, if you want to subscribe to Patreon, there's loads of really cool Acid Rain stuff, there's loads of really, well, loads of cool Acid Rain stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff, MP3s of live shows that aren't available anywhere else other than via my Patreon page. There is one from Manchester last year on there, there's one from, there's going to be, coming up next month, one from Liverpool on the 1990 Obnoxious Tour, going to be available as well. Um, Behind-the-scenes videos of demoing and writing the new album. Um, and there's also, what am I, what am I talking about? There's great Bollocast extras. Um, this month there will be, um, a, a Danny Filth extra where, um, a couple of subscribers uh, had particular questions for him. I asked him um, in a completely different section. That will go onto the um, uh, onto the Patreon page for Patreon subscribers. Come on, five dollars a month, three pound fifty. What the fucking fuck? Get fucking on there, you fucking fucker. Um, and there you go. Yeah, that's the swearing. And if this is your first time listening, you're probably wondering how the hell I've ever done more than two of these and got more than one listener. And I don't blame you. But um, my people, they're out there. Hello. Welcome. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back in your ears. So, what has been going on in the world of metal in the last month that I feel the need to arrogantly pontificate about? Um, well, before we go any further, um, this hasn't happened in the last month, but I've got to get this out there. It's on the top of my list, and that is... You can go onto YouTube and you can search the phrase Everyday Sunshine and you can find a documentary movie that is one hour, 40 minutes. It is The voiceover is by Lawrence Fishburne and it is about Fishbone. That's right. Lawrence Fishburne is doing the voiceover for Fishbone. And um, Lawrence Fishbone, if you will. <laughs> you can see why I do the comedy. Um so, yeah, uh, just putting it out there, if, you know, next time you're on YouTube, one hour, 45 minute documentary on one of the greatest live bands ever. One of I, I, a, a real favourite band of mine. Love, Truth and Soul. Um, the reality of my surroundings. Meh, it, it, it's, it's good, but there's just too much on there. 
um, and then give a monkey a brain uh, is just a bit too metal. And but anyway, look, just some absolutely brilliant party at party at party at Ground Zero. Every move, oh, just oh, yeah. So if you like Fishbone, get stuck in. That's that's Howard's tip for the first five minutes of the podcast. So what else has been going on? Um, I bought a ticket for a perfect circle. Um, I'm going along to that um, after the second date was announced because I missed out on the first date. And um, and in the news was Perfect Circle chucking people out of their gigs for using cameras or using camera phones, as it were. And some people tried to make a big deal out of this. And I'm sure some people listening to this sounds like, you know, fucking hell, fuck them. What are, that's mental. What are they doing? Well, the thing is, I first went to see Perfect Circle over a decade ago. Um, the reason I know this, I can't even remember the exact date, unless actually I'm just going to nip into my hallway because my hallway, I have framed all of the tickets that, of gigs I've ever been to. Not in framed individually, you idiot. I'm not mental, um, but um, they're up there. And just bear with it, I'm going to pause this and I'm going to go and see if I can find the ticket so I can find out what fucking year it was. Hang on. It was the 3rd of February 2004. So there you go, 13 years ago. And um, they um, they requested that there be no smoking at the gig. Because this was obviously prior to the smoking ban. Um, and not only was it no smoking, it was no pictures. Now, you know, this predated decent camera phones. No pictures, and they did warn, and I've been to see Tool many times, and they do the same. So basically what I'm saying is, Yes, times have changed, but Tool haven't, and neither have a perfect circle, and neither has Maynard with his project um, Pussifer either. Basically, you, you, you're not allowed to take pictures. That's the way it has always been. It's not just some new thing. It's always been like that. And there is signs everywhere. And, there are, and you are told that you will be thrown out if you're caught taking any pictures or video. So, at this show, 60 people were thrown out. Now, 60 out, it sounds like a lot of people to get thrown out of a gig. And it is, by, by normal standards. But bearing in mind, there was a couple of thousand people there. It's not that many, is it? But the point I'm making is, ultimately, fuck these fucking self these entitled Instagram fucks. You've been told... Time and time again, there's signs everywhere, there are announcements made. When I saw Pussifer, there was even an actual video before the gig telling you to stay off, read the signs, stay, no pictures, etc. You will get thrown out. It is repeated again and again, and then these fucking entitled fucking self-righteous pricks ignore all of this. Go and use their phones and to take pictures or video anyway, get thrown out, and then... Start fucking moaning about it. Well, tough fucking shit. Okay, I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I might, I might be flying in the face of a popular opinion here, but who gives a fuck if there's a big fucking sign saying if you use your phone to take pictures or video, you are going to be thrown out, and then you get thrown out. I don't see how you've got anything to fucking complain about. Anyway, so. Me need, getting needlessly angry there, really. I was really getting into that, wasn't I? Um, you'd think it was something to do with Acid Rain or something like that. Um, and they've released a new song, A Perfect Circle, released a new song, The Doomed, and uh, meh. hope there's some better stuff to listen to by the time the gig comes around. Um, unfortunately, folks, 
I was due to get Roger Myra on the podcast. How awesome would that have been? Roger Myra from Agnostic Front. That would have been really cool. But no, Um, I'm afraid what we're in a position with is we've actually got... Um, nobody. I had to miss it. I got a comedy book, comedy gig booked, and um, I'm afraid, you know, self-employed, had to go for the money. So I missed that. My apologies. Um, one thing I didn't miss back in the day was Faith No More with Chuck Mosley, um, who sadly passed away this month um, at the time of speaking. It's a suspected heroin overdose, um, and um, as, it's a real shame. Um, that gig was awesome. Um, it really was. And it was... It, I've never seen a chemistry like it on stage before. Probably never will again. There was quite clearly um, some kind of animosity between the band. I mean, at one point, Jim Martin was soloing and Chuck Mosley went up to the machine heads, the tuning pegs on his guitar and started basically untuning his guitar. I mean... You don't fucking do that. And it was weird because it was it was really it, there was an energy. It was a fucking amazing energy. But it, it you just you got a sense that this could all go wrong any minute, that it could all kick off. It was it really was. It, it was it, it was pretty amazing. It really, really was. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just fantastic and, and a real, real um unique experience it really was um so now on to um on some things that i haven't been talking about uh, which is albums so propaganda um victory lap the new album really liking it now i know i said last month wasn't getting it getting into it um it, am i going to get into it enough to make my top five of the year not sure it's, it's knocking on the door but uh propaganda fans probably already got it um, but certainly worth a listen if you if you haven't heard any propaganda worth a listen um, shout out to oh god I've turned into Jamie Jaster um, <laughs> shout out to my my dead cat now, shout out to um, uh, Mammal the Australian band Mammal um, I'm a big fan big fan saw them live when they were t- when they used to be when they were together first time around they've just got back together um, uh, after years apart great band awesome band live um i uh, yeah just i urge you to go to youtube check out um smash the piñata and um uh, the minority two cracking tunes um uh check out the minority then uh check out smash the piñata um really cool stuff um so what else we got new machine head track out um, new machine to track out really like it um, well I, I like parts of it um, I, I really like the opening riff which apparently everybody started giving Devin Townsend shit uh, sorry uh, giving Rob Flynn shit saying it was a rip off of Strapping Young Lad Devin Townsend was extremely cool saying well look everything's borrowed we all borrow from each other the chorus to that song that you're saying that I, um, that, I uh, that, that Rob's ripped off well the chorus I ripped off from yes so um you know, take it easy, and it was re- it was really nice to see just a frank exchange of views between between musicians on Facebook. Um, uh, what else we got? Uh, something massive for me, and I'm I'm sorry I can't name who, but um, uh, 
it, we, it, me and the Acid Rain Boys have come up with a, a cover version of uh, a famous artist's um, song. Not a particularly famous song. If you if you know them, you've heard it. But um, we um, we reworked it and we've done a demo of it. And I, I sent the demo to their management management, and I also sent it to their Facebook page. And I got message. I got a message back a week later from the Facebook page from the artist themselves saying that they absolutely love what we've done. Um, and I mean, this was an absolute moment of sheer joy for me. I could not believe it. It was absolutely awesome. So um, yeah, really, really chuffed. Um, and yeah, it, it it just put an absolute total spring in my step it was awesome um so what else have we got going um oh kiss yes the gift that keeps on giving uh the or or, you know the 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 pile of shit that keeps on giving that is kiss um so paul stanley quotes uh the next kiss next kiss album would have to be something different says paul stanley so um good then ha 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 get it you know different good as in all her other stuff is shit yeah okay um or disco of course you know could always do another fucking disco album couldn't they fucking sell out cunts um uh, and uh, gene this is an abs gene simmons what a wonderful statement um this is uh, uh, yeah right okay this is gene i quote i'm a powerful and attractive man that that is Gene Simmons saying he is a powerful and attractive man. He looks like a badly drawn toy gorilla. I mean, how that man thinks he is good looking. Please, any female any female bollockers out there, that sounds weird. Any female listeners out there, please do tweet me, message the Facebook page, um, whatever. I mean, it's really, is Gene Simmons good looking? Because, you know, I, I don't want to be the one to pronounce um, on on male looks, good or bad, you know, handsome or not. But to me, um, I, I would rather fuck a dustbin if I was a woman. Um, but there you go. So anyway, what this what this what I'm getting at is um, this is the story, right? Um, what allegedly happened once the cameras stopped rolling, this was a TV show he did, right? And this is a quote from one of the people working at the TV company who has since said, I think it's Fox, have since banned him, right? And it says, um, <laughs> Kiss bassist banned from network. Simmons was set to plug, um, set to plug his book, um, with Fox News when an unnamed source said, um, I'm sorry, I'm making a complete mess of this. End statements. When, according to an unnamed Fox staffer, he barged into a production meeting, pulled open his red velvet shirt and yelled, Hey chicks, sue me, before telling Michael Jackson paedophilia jokes, then bopped two employees on the head with his book, making derisory comments about their comparative intelligence according to the sound their heads made when struck. I am reading that. Word for word, I know this story might have passed you by, but if anything, anything tells you that this man lives on a parallel universe where he is the king, this is it. I mean, 
smacking people on the head and making comments about how they intelligent they are by the sound of the head. That sounds like the kind of thing that happened to you when you were like that, that, that would happen to you when you were like five years old at Christmas time, and Granny might come round and pop you on, you know, bop you on the head with a with a with a with a fucking Christmas card or something and say, "Oh, it sounds hollow in there." Ha 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 ha! I mean, what the fuck is the guy on? What is he on? It's just absolute insanity. He's since been... I mean, he's he's been banned from the entire Fox network. I mean, he's just fucking brilliant. What an absolute cock. What No self-awareness whatsoever. I'm a powerful and attractive man. I mean, really, yeah, and also a dick. Have you not noticed? Have you not noticed? I... It just boggles my fucking mind. It really, really does. And I, look, I know I seem to have, uh, you know, Gene, Gene, and Dave Mustaine seem to kind of alternate as people that I um, that I uh, I have it in for. But I mean, they are the two most consistent um, people who just keep coming out with utter shit. <laughs> Brilliant. Honestly, I could do a whole... I was going to say I could do a whole podcast on Kiss. Why the fuck would I want to do that? Seriously, why would I want to do a podcast on on, on, um, on fucking Kiss? Um, and it happened, didn't it? Bill Ward, new band, about to, about to go on tour. What's happened to the tour? Cancelled. Where's Bill Ward? In hospital. What's he got a problem with? His heart. Now... I'm not saying that Tony Iommi and Ozzy and Geezer are sat back in their houses laughing, going, we fucking told you. I'm sure they're both, you know, sending him messages, wishing him well and all the rest of it. But I tell you what, I bet Sharon, I bet Sharon Osbourne is sat there with a big fat fucking stogie cigar on, giving it, I told, I told you, without that. That horrible voice that she's got, but I bet she did. I, 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 it's it, it's just stands to reason. And but I'm not celebrating Bill Ward getting ill here. By the way, I'm not. I you know I wish him a fast recovery. I feel sorry for his bandmates and all the rest of it. But you know, after all of all of the pontificating about being fit enough to play Black Sabbath sets and all the rest of it, and blah, blah, blah the fact that this happens before the, before his tour has even begun. It's it it does make the whole thing a little bit more understandable. Although I've got to be honest, I can't watch that Black Sabbath movie, The End, w- without without Bill Ward being there. You know, um, it, I mean, it never crossed my mind to go to any of the gigs or anything like that. But I, yeah, it just it just doesn't seem right. So there you go, there you go. That's classic. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. I'm gonna have to get a drink as well now. Would you like to listen? Um, you haven't got a choice, really, have you? Um, yeah, it's it's it it, it is sad. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. I'm afraid. Um, it, it looks like Bill just wasn't wasn't fit enough, or wasn't going to be fit enough. Anyway, that's enough jibber jabber from me, isn't it? Um, it's time we got on with our first guest. Well, our first guest is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth. Um, so uh, this interview is supposed to take place um, in London on their last show of the tour, but unfortunately, um, Danny 
um, got injured. We will talk about this at the beginning of the podcast. But um, So we were unable to meet up and do this face-to-face, but being the absolute pro that he is, he took time out to have a chat with me a couple of days later on the Monday um, when he was back home. What an, you know, just what a class act. Thoroughly, thoroughly nice guy. Um, and um, yeah, surprised we've never met. And we very nearly did, but it thwarted at the last minute. But like I said, the absolute pro came through for me. And we had a right old chat that, um, that you're going to listen to now. So this is mine and Danny's conversation a few weeks ago. Hello, Howard speaking. Yes, hello, this is Danny. Hello there, Danny. Hiya. Hiya, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Are you um, okay to talk now? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. More uh, more to the point, how are you? Yeah, yeah, suffering a little bit. I pulled a muscle in, well, torn muscle in my back at one of the shows. And, uh, yeah... A bit agonised. Yeah, it sounds like um, uh, your tour manager was telling me it was um, around the sort of rotator cuff area. Is that right? Well, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Because that's uh, no. It's just uh, that's um, that's an injury that um, is quite common in boxing. So I just I just wondered if you'd uh, if you'd been hitting people. Yeah. Well, we were actually boxing. That's how I think I did it. It was a combination of jumping around on stage and. Um, but we were just doing boxing training. Right. That yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Oh, absolute agony as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. How did you manage to get through the shows? That must have been an, that must have been uh, uh, quite a trial. Well, it was. Uh, the last three shows were fucking horrible. <laughs> well, they were good. <laughs> they were great shows, but I just found that I, I had to like sort of readjust the singing as well. I couldn't hear a pure note because I just couldn't physically couldn't move my my body into the position I needed to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. Um, uh, be, being a vocalist myself, um, uh, I should um, I should introduce myself. Um, uh, I, I sing in uh, old UK thrash band Acid Rain um, and I've been doing stand-up for the last 20 years um, and um, I can't believe that um, we've never met at some point over the years. Yeah, that was strange, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a mutual friend in Kevin. Yeah. Oh, I had a mutual friend in Kevin. I haven't seen him for yonks. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen him for yonks either. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you... Um, do you know his brother, Stilly? But, uh, not really, no. Oh, right, OK. I mean, I've seen him. I don't know him. <laughs> right, OK, that's fair enough. Um, and and another, another question out of the blue. Um, do you play five-a-side football at all? Yeah, well, seven aside, when you can get the people. Yeah, yeah, why? No, because I think I know. I think I know somebody who. Uh, the The problem is somebody recounted to me a story of saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I play five aside with Danny," and I was like, "All oh, right, okay." And he said, uh, and I said, oh, he said, oh, I'll try and get him, on, get him on the podcast. I was like, oh, great, thanks. And I just, I can't, uh, I can't remember who the fuck it was. So yeah, right, can we tell them from Ipswich because that's where we play? Right, okay. Well, that, yeah, that narrows it down to uh, to to a few people, and hopefully one of them will be listening to this and go, "That was me, you twat." Um, but uh, anyway, anyway, um, a, a UK tour uh, undertaken, um, and from the sounds of it, it was um, a hellish success. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, had it not been for this. 
well, had it not been for the fact they hadn't booked anymore, but I would have been quite happy to go back out on the road for another week or so. Yeah. Because um, I, I just don't think we, we covered um, what we could have done, basically. There's some places we played Oxford, you know, where you well, can play Oxford, you can play Exeter, you can play Exeter, you can play, you know, yeah. anywhere, really. Yeah. And... Um, and it's just some places you want to visit, do you know what I mean? You always play Glasgow, which is great. Glasgow is awesome, but I'd like to play Aberdeen. Apparently it's a cool club. You know, I like playing weird and wonderful places. We're going to Tel Aviv um, at the end of the European tour. And we've got some other weird and wonderful ones being lined up. And that's half the fun, getting out into new territories. Well, that is, uh, yeah, that, that, I, when you said I want to play Aberdeen, I was, I was going to mention that, uh, that I once played Alloa, and I thought that was impressive, but Tel Aviv just about, just about nips Alloa, I think. It's, um, that, that's, that's considerably more impressive. Um, I know what you mean by the UK as well, though, because it's, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just UK fans, but people do like a good moan about where you're not playing. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing anybody does. Yeah. Uh, but you're not playing my hometown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and generally, the people are moaning don't bother to turn up anyway, even if you were playing it. Oh, it's it's That's all. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's all it's all giving you grief for a gig they were never going to go to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, the last tour we did, we put some fictional tour dates to connect the, the dates we were doing. Uh, and one of them just said, your house, you moaning twat. Because um, <laughs> it's it's just, I, I don't know, it's like, you know, you see people in the States who are used to travelling kind of like, you know, eight, ten hour round trips it, it, within exactly. their own, you know, within their own state. We just don't realise, yeah. we don't realise how spoiled we are over here. No, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, I meet people all the time when we play in the States that do those massive trips you think crying out loud you know what i mean and then they've got a hotel on top of that as well so enormo drive yeah absolutely and 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 invariably an enormous drive through just complete just flat nothing um it's yeah it is it's incredible it really is um so when so when's the europe when do the europe dates start and tel aviv and all of that <laughs> Uh, we actually got, well, as I said, we've got a bit of time off. I'm actually in the studio as of tomorrow, albeit on a gurney. Um, they start, I think, January the 15th. Um, but we've got things to do before then. We're remixing uh, The Cruelty and the Beast down for the 20th anniversary, um, which is next year. Uh, we've got another video to shoot in Latvia. Um, and rehearsals and, and, you know, all the other little bits and pieces that come with a new album. I'll be doing a bunch of press as well. Uh, we've got some gigs from other band, Devilment. But, yeah, I think uh, it all, this run of dates is more like a preliminary warm-up, although it wasn't a warm-up as such, because it sounds awful. It sounds like testing things on the fans. But in a way, I guess we were. Um, and, yeah, like I say, it was really good fun playing the UK. It always is. Although London's always hellish because you've always got record companies and magazines and friends and family and it's all those days. It's just pure chaos. But um, overall, really enjoyed it, yeah. And looking forward to going out uh, in Europe. 
That's 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 awesome. That is awesome because uh, you know I I, I don't know it, it's a, a lot of uh, given the fact that artists need to spend so much time on the road these days um, uh, because you're effectively burning cash if you're not. Um, it, it's it, it's nice to hear that you you're you know you're still so enthusiastic about it and and as I believe kind of sort of working on a on a writing a new album as you go. Well, I didn't go. I was not, not going that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. We're dabbling, we're dabbling stuff. You always have these great um, aspirations for going on tour. You go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be writing this tour diary. I'm going to start writing a book as well. And you know what? I'm going to be doing this and this. And then that's okay for the first few days. And then you get into the routine. Suddenly so realise there aren't that many hours in the day and that you are getting up later because, you know, you've just done five gigs in a row and you're absolutely knackered. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got an hour, you know, waiting for a shower or hunting one down. Um, and then you have signings. That, you know, you have things that are all awkward times of the day. Yeah. Um, so all of that great pre-planning kind of goes out the window at some point or another. Yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. It's the, the it's the... the... It's the mundane things that that take up time, like you say, just kind of like you know, either an hour waiting for a shower or just trying to track one down. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. There's, there's you say mundane things. Yeah, just a little getting by's uh, take a while. I mean, I just, the other day we were just sitting outside in the van because we decided not to do it with a tour bus in this, and I actually preferred it. We had a van, not not to sleep in, but we we did the hotel thing, right? And although okay, you've got to get up at, you know, a reasonable hour, despite, you know, you're probably getting six hours a night's sleep. But you can survive on that. The adrenaline keeps you going for all that. But what's better than a tour bus is the fact you get to have a regular poo, you know? I really miss that in the morning. <laughs> Being able to actually have shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Then, hey, look. There's, then there's, then there's the, the coronary, you know, Bypass that the company needs a breakfast <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a shower and a clean bed. A tour well, bus is, is great, admittedly, but you know, you wouldn't say that after five weeks in if you were to stick your nose into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's something about the smell of that chemical toilet that after a while it's just, yeah, you just can't take it. Um, but that's that. Yeah, well, the old, the older you get, the more, the more enjoyable having a good shit is. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah coffee enema first thing in the morning um and then uh, and then some time spent on the toilet um so um just take it you just notice it when it's not like anything when it's not available yeah first time you know you're on a tour bus or the first couple of days and you go oh my god this is hell yeah so your body kind of mutates and survives you have to you've got to live in a coffin for for eight weeks well, do, do you do you think that the um, do you think that the 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 route you took, as in vans and hotels, was? I mean, it's degrees of shitness, but it, do you think it enabled a, a slightly more civilized lifestyle on the road? Yeah, I do. It wasn't degrees of shitness. The hotels were all really cool. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. On, you know, they weren't naff. They were just like you know, best westerns and and stuff like that. And yeah, travel lodges. Anything's nice as long as it's clean and, let's like say, got a got a toilet and a and, and a coronary thrombosis for breakfast. <laughs> um, 
And the van, the van was cool enough, you know. I mean, the, the thing with England is the dr- there's no drive that's long enough to, you know, that warrants a, a tour bus. I mean, this is the first time we've ever done it without a tour bus, to be fair, and probably saved quite a, quite a bucket load of money. Um, but we're getting a super big one for Europe because we're also taking Moonspell out. They'll be sharing the bus, but don't mind that. We've toured with them oh, right, quite a few okay. times before, so... Looking forward to that. And the States, well, forget about it. You can't do anything without a tour bus there. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's that's good though. Like you say, you know, it's it's a slightly different, um, uh, slightly different pace of touring in the UK. And you're right, you know, unless unless you're doing fucking, you know, Aberdeen to Exeter, you you, don't, you really don't need a tour bus. Um, and uh, it, yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Um, so look, just to go to take a complete kind of left turn um obviously you've you know you, you guys have been going since since 91 um and uh, you know are very much a staple of the scene i just wanted to ask you are you are, you know if it all ended tomorrow are you are you happy with where you are you know with your legacy where where you are seen and how how the band is viewed within within this business of ours and by and, and obviously within the business but also you know from fans alike well, I, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> providing I get their, their viewpoint on it. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, we've got plenty more to give. Yeah. Um, yeah, because now we're starting to see a, a, a complete generation of other people who, um, you know, view our earlier albums as, you know, pre-civilization almost. <laughs> Yeah, when you talk to people and they go, yeah, but I was born in 95. Oh, yeah. And you're going, right, okay, so after our debut album came out. Yeah. So it probably wasn't actually listening, you know, got a lot of people into, got into our music from varying, um, varying albums onward, like Damnation, which would be 2003, I think, or two, two. Um, some from Nymphetamine, Phonography, and I met someone recently who got into it from like Manticore, which was like seven years ago. Yeah. Um, just because of the age thing. So it, from now on, every album is, you know, is an anniversary, basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely happy. I think we've definitely made our mark. Oh, um, without we a doubt. We have a renaissance as a band as well, so hopefully we can... Um, Know, put another footprint down well yeah well that's why i asked because it, it does it, it is kind of like it you've got like a, a second wind a second coming um and I, it's also it's a, it's a different um playing field now as well but it's more bands because of the whole um ability to record stuff in your you know basically on the road in your bedroom um the music industry itself is falling a bit flat on its face um it's hard to sell records because of the immediacy of social media platforms and what have you so the whole thing is a bit of a clusterfuck to be honest <laughs> yeah um, yeah but it's a challenge you know we're lucky because we've you know we already got us you know quite a, a good stance in the scene in the music industry anyway so we're kind of one up on the majority of bands but it's still like I say, I call it a challenge. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, you've. I mean, That's and, been polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been polite about a lot of. Um, we've had you've had more than your fair share of um, of run-ins with labels over the years, haven't you? Well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're quite happy with where we are now, but we have. Yeah, we've been. Um, yeah, on quite a few labels, but then we've had quite a few lines. We've, we've had quite a few of everything. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, can, can you point, can you sort of put your finger on why you've had so many members over the years or is it just, it's just the way well, it's I worked? I literally just did an interview and it was, uh, that, that came up actually. Um, it's 29. Right. Members, okay. Which is quite a bit, that's like a big band. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that's like, that's like several bands. Yeah. Well, it's. You know, it, obviously, because I'm the last survivor member, it always looks, and it's also, as I pointed out to the person asking the question, um, partly due to their magazine um, and the way they portray the band, it always looks like, you know, I'm like this guy that's like a ringmaster who, you know, doesn't part with shit and, uh, you know, tells people what's doing. It's quite the opposite. The majority of the time, I think we've only, we've only sacked two people. One of them... The, it wasn't really a sacking because we, we wanted them to sack themselves. So <laughs> I think that's pretty good going. The majority of the time, it's either people just can't hack it. And I mean that it's just, you know, either they move abroad, which was the case, you know, sort of pre-social media, because now you, you could be in a... People in our band do live abroad, and we're, we're literally flung across the galaxy at present but back in the day it was very hard for someone to live in America for example yeah. and be in the band um, so there's that or it just becomes a bit overwhelming they've got family commitments sometimes people just think they can do it better on their own that's happened on about four or five occasions so they've gone oh, fuck it I can you know I'm going to be a singer in a band I'm going to you know start my own band and that way I can take control of everything yeah um yeah, that's it's. I just liken it to um, like working in a magazine or on a radio station or something. You know, people come and go. Yeah. And the essence of that magazine or that radio station is still intact. Uh, the same with this band. And anyway, I always view years as dog years in like, like dog years with um, with bands because. Once you get that album out and you get out on the road and you get all those experiences and things to do, it does seem like every year is like seven years worth yeah. of time. That's that's a really that's a really good way of looking at it. You're absolutely right. It's almost like well, you know, if you if you if you put sort of yeah one year what what sort of one year aside for one album, it's obviously it's not a year, is it? From when you start writing to when you finish touring it. Um, you know, you're looking at two, two and a half, three years in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. And and, as and so much goes on in that time. And as a band, sharing those experiences, whether it's you know touring in, like I say, some far away wacky things you've got to get up to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take the toll and take the time. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, as well, is if you, when you get to the end of that process, it, it, it's literally a case of a few months and then, right, OK, we need to start writing. And that whole process begins again. I guess it's just it's just a little bit too much for some people in the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that has happened in the past. But we've got a really good lineup at present. And I think in the current time, 
you know, we're a lot more mature as a band, which might not be a good thing, but, <laughs> you know, we, we learned, uh, starting to revisit a lot of our earlier material and play, you know, being a bit more, um, uh, creative with our set lists, I guess. Yeah. And Challenging. We challenge ourselves. We, and we didn't think we'd be able to pull this off this tour because, uh, if, the, if our drummer was to be, uh, you know, if if he got his way, we'd we'd be literally playing three weeks worth of material because he wants to play everything. <laughs> so we've been working out different set lists and and what have you, and and, the, and going back and playing songs that we've never played before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to well, as you say, you've got to if, if you stay out of your comfort zone and keep challenging yourselves, it it keeps things fresh. That's the way to keep to 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 stay fresh, isn't it? Yeah, because obviously. You've got to play the tracks that the fans want you to play, as well. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And that, that every every band um, says the same thing. You know, oh god, I've got to play that bloody song because it's always going to be the encore song. Yeah. Because that's a popular song. That's what people want to see you for. So um, if you can get a nice balance between what they want to see and what you want to play. And everyone's a winner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I can't wait to get to that stage. That's why we're desperately working on a new album, because at the moment, just about every song we play is about 25 years old. So um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, right, OK, this is, you know, it's it's, it's long enough has it been, a, um, a you know, an exercise in playing the old stuff. Let's just try and get some new stuff in there as soon as possible. Um, but as you say, you know, like every band has their, you know, has their has their ace of spades, has their stuff that you know, you're you're always going to have to play, and that's, you know, ultimately everybody has parts of their job they're not keen on, and um, you know, if that if that's the the worst thing that can happen, we're doing all right. Um, yeah. But also, it's funny when you when you were talking about um, band members leaving and stuff like that. I, you know, if if you do equate uh, being in a being in a band as a job, it's very rare that people, especially these days, you know, spend twenty twenty five years in a job. Never mind with three or four other people in the same department for twenty twenty five years. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. <laughs> you know, um, and even your touring, you know, I mean, we, I think. Um, yeah, if you consider, because we just moved over to new management and he wanted to sort of isolate different parts of uh, the business and what have you. Even so, you know, you're probably talking with record company and, and crew and everything. 30 people at max, you know what I mean? You spend the majority of your time with or around or conversing yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah, and over the over the course, so it's, of the, it's a small, it, well, small gene pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, do you try and do you try and stick with the same the same crew and TM as much as possible? As much as possible, yeah. And we had the same crew for a long while, but obviously they have to go out and work when um, uh, when you're writing. And we've lost a tour manager or two to other bands for that very reason. But, yeah. But we get to revisit them, you know. We were in Japan recently and uh, uh, got to see a few of our old tour managers actually working for other bands. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because you totally appreciate that they, you know, what they have to do and all the rest of it. But occasionally, it is kind of like, you know, just a, a, maybe a little feeling of sort of you, you know being cheated on. It's like that's our tour manager. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, like I say, everybody has to, everybody has to earn a living, and um, uh, and unfortunately, sometimes it just, it, you know, schedules yeah, just well, don't. Another bugbear of mine is it, it, it's the fact that that we, as a band, we've obviously been picked on in the past for saying, oh, it's not being, do want to blow my own trumpet? It's only those couple of vertebrae got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you're a Bill Hicks fan, but, then. you know, for, for, for being too successful or or. Apparently, turning the you know pushing the genre in the wrong way or whatever. Um, we started uh, a, a couple of years ago. We branched, we branched out and done a few different things, but we did this comic book and we did it via a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, yeah, so stupid comments flying around like, "Well, you're rich enough already. Why are you asking for this money?" It's like, listen, mate. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think you've got a jaded opinion. You know how a band lives and, and what they earn. And everybody's entitled to make a living. And that's the one thing that, that pisses me off about this whole, you know, um, social media platforms and downloading music and what have you. Yeah. And the accessibility. And the fact that when people don't buy records, you know what I mean? It's like stealing. It is stealing, in, in fact. Uh, and because of that, these people who think you know you're multi-millionaire just uh, you know they're entitled to their job you know, they, <laughs> yeah. they have someone coming into their workplace and if they were working in Tesco so they can come in and just help themselves to free food and say well it's grown in the ground it's free yeah and people seem to have a divine right to, to have access to music that somebody else has spent a year making because they think well it's not real is it it's just in the air it's free yeah yeah uh, well, that with that word that you picked up on there, free, is 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 a great word. It's it's you know it's we, you, we see free, we like that. But the other side of that coin is that free means worthless. You know. Well, yeah. And and unfortunately, the you know music music there's, you know, you know unfortunately there used to be a price on it, and now it is essentially free. And to the extent that people don't even want to own it, they'll just happily stream it which does my fucking yeah, head in. exactly. And people's tolerance of music has gone down. You know, I mean, for example, my daughter, she's got albums, but some of them haven't even been opened, and she would just flick through tracks. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If you, if you buy an album, you're kind of committed to listen to it, unless yeah. you're very rich, and you, or you don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's 15 seconds. And I don't think music's never been any cheaper anyway. I mean, a, a CD now. You know, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. Oh, I know. It's, it's yeah. nothing, really, is it? I mean, it's the price of a bottle of wine. Oh well, it, well then we get into the whole debate of somebody. Will, somebody will go to work and they'll spend seven pound on 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 coffee every day. But if you ask for like you know seven eight quid for an album, you're somehow out of order. Yeah, but why are those people going to work? They're going to work to earn money. It's yeah. okay for them to have their living, but their bands can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird, false economy at the present. Um, yeah, it? it's, it, it, it's, it's just a very strange one. It um, is. And it... I don't like this divine right that people seem to think they have to. And I hear it from musicians as well. I was quite gobsmacked to hear it from a few musicians recently when, they, when I, I laughed at them saying, well, what the hell? You, you know, you're just downloading a load of albums. I said, yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, if I like it, I'll buy it. And I'm thinking, that's bollocks. You're not going to buy it now. You've already heard it. I've known so many times. Or they say, well, yeah, but I've, you know, you know me, I've got loads of CDs. I think, yeah, but ask them are free as well. Yeah. Some record companies. 
Yeah. Um, and just because you've got some albums doesn't really, you know, qualify you to to steal other ones. I, I feel really badly about it because when you go to the cinema, and I've got a cinema car, so I go quite regularly, you always see this, uh, like, advert about do not, um, you know, film, it's illegal, or don't have illegally download movies. And they reinforce that whole concept with this massive prison door sound effects slamming at the end of the uh, of the advert. Yeah. Um, and so I think government just needs to legislate a, a little bit better in favour of the music industry before it's completely gone because all the residential studios gone. Nobody can afford to do that anymore unless you're bloody Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, uh, the government are even putting in, you know, free studios because they, they look at the TV and see that the masses love all the bollocks like the voice and what have you. Um, and so, yeah, even in our local um, universities and colleges, you know, they've got people have got these free studios. So a lot of the local studios are closing down as well. So, you know, it's all it's all starting the extinction of the music industry. It is, From it, the ground it, up. Well, it's... It, I've been in a niche, you know, we're both in a niche market. Yeah. We're not, you know, product of The Voice or Simon Cowell. As, um, being niche obviously means it's, uh, it's going to be even harder. Well, but that's the challenge, isn't it? Well, it, it, it is a challenge. And, and the thing is that, I mean, you know, I, I mean, two things. First, firstly, um, if the amount of people on social media who say they buy all their music actually did, there wouldn't be a fucking problem. It's just that people on social media tend, you know, you, you, people are the people they, they like to project through social media. And the amount of times you hear the old humble brag, oh, I buy, I buy all my music, I buy all my music. And you, you just think, well, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody is, um, is full of shit on, on the internet, but most, but I'd say a good percentage of people who say that are, are doing exactly that. They're just fucking saying it. Um, well, I heard myself the other day, get, look at, I was, <laughs> Picked up a Doom album, and uh, I was thinking, God, I could get that for two quid cheaper on Amazon. And then I, I literally had to slap myself in the face and go, <laughs> look, you're talking, this is an independent record store, and you're moaning about the lack of those. Yeah. Pay the extra two quid, call it a present to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and, and, for, and to go back on what you were saying about, about uh, crowd surfing as well. I mean, it's like, that's, to me, that is, that is you guys basically saying, well, look, we'd like to do this, but it's, it's, you know, you, you know, we, we have to, you know, it costs to make money. I mean, it costs money to make music. Yeah, and also, also those sort know, of things, the record company, record companies and managers and stuff like that. And, uh, people look at the business models and that they, they shy away from it they think mm, you know that's not really in our remit yeah so if you want to be experimental you've got to go out and do it yourself yeah and also the thing is you, you're you're offering people who want to be um to engage in a project from the ground up they get something for their money and if it's of interest great do it and if it's not not but you know no one's no one's crowd surfing to to for the next fucking swimming pool no exactly and even if they were, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, either, you either contribute or you don't. Why does it, re- why does it matter <laughs> in the, at the end of the day? Because they like say, you buy it or you don't buy it. You don't haggle over food in the supermarket and then question who's getting the money out of it at the end of the day. 
No, not at all. And I, I, I just think, well, it, there still seems to be a slightly outdated um, view of people in bands within certain circles where people do seem to think that, you know, if, if you're in a band, you are naturally minted for some reason. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, that, and you know, that was the thing is, that was never the case. You know, that was that was never, ever the case. You know, you, 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 you know, we're, we're all only fucking one album away from getting dropped. Um, you know, it, it's, exactly. it, it, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of bizarre that that is. That... And everybody in the world's entitled to make their own way in life. Yes, well, we'd like to think so. But uh, I mean, ultimately, you've just got to be more and more creative these days. Do you do you get do you get heavily involved in um, in in the merch and how what you put out? And... Absolutely, every every facet of the band is you know um, is held under a microscope. Yeah, yeah be it artwork, uh, videos, lyrics. You know, just the way the band's portrayed. Um, vehicles that take us you know the, the theoretical vehicles when we actually mean a fucking bus but yeah we do look <laughs> into that as well <laughs> yeah but it but it but it has to be done doesn't it i mean more than ever you've got to be you've got to be all over every aspect um and um have you i mean have you got any any interesting ways with any sort of interesting bits of merch or is it still mainly just flat out shirts uh, we did bobble. We did uh, a couple of bobble heads at one point. We, we've done some, you know, like underwear and uh, and things like that. But um, like I say, new management, and they're they're very sort of like, well, this this is going to happen. This is going to happen. We, you know, we're going to keep it. Um, even going out on this tour to just three designs and yeah, um, and a hoodie, as opposed to we would have gone out with probably five or six. So they're looking at the bigger picture. Yes. Um, but that's just a remodeling of the of the band. Somebody else coming in, and because our previous manager, she had been managing us since ninety uh, eight. Oh wow! And, and retired, so it's you know it, it it feels like a you know getting married again. Yeah, yeah, it must. to a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything goes, love. Anything goes. Um, but uh, uh, you're, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, it sounds like your new management have have gone exactly well we learned the hard way which is yeah too much choice it's a bad thing yeah you know you have to give people say right okay that that you know yeah, otherwise you're just going to end up with thousands of boxes of unwanted t-shirts you're going to pay for uh well i've got a i've got a room in my house dedicated to that uh yeah absolutely um and unfortunately, yeah, it, it is the case. I thought it'd be a great idea to have loads of choice. And then what you find out is that, oh, right, of those five shirts, two of them were really popular. You know, yeah, and, th- and then, exactly. that, then that room in the house contains the uh, the other three designs. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I speak as somebody with a uh, two massive boxfuls of uh, 2015 tour T-shirts. And that's the worst when you've got shirts with fucking dates on the back. And it's just like, oh god, right? What are we going to do with these jumble? You know, it's just ridiculous. But you know, such, such is life. Um, so, um, so how long have you got? How long have you got off now? You're off the whole whole of Christmas before heading out in Europe. Yeah, well, it's not really off as such. It's just not playing gigs. Right. I mean, like I said, I've got a couple with um, my other band, Devilment. But yes. Yeah. The, the the full world tour starts 
January the 15th goes right through till uh, the end of May, beginning of June. We're only doing a handful of summer festivals next year because we're going to do the winter ones wherever they are and then reserve 2019 for all the summer festivals. Otherwise, we'll be sitting on our ass um, for that year. And then so I, I presume between now and then, you know, to start thinking about the next record. So it's so you're pretty much kind of mapping out up to 2019 right now then and just kind of sort of slotting things in. Absolutely, yeah. And again, I mean, it, it is. It's it's just it's project management, isn't it? A lot of being in a band. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it just makes sense as well to know where you are, um, and especially as our band, um, everybody like to say being from different parts of the world, um, and like our guitarist, he, he he's a tutor as well, so he's got to fit that around his college lecturing and uh right. lecturing not lecturing i'm sure there's plenty of that as well um and yeah you get better placements as well um yeah. and you can drive it you know people know where you are you can you know it's, it's a business at the end of the day as well obviously i don't you know you've got to keep one eye on it being a business model yeah but primarily it's it's, it's all about the music but you've got to be clever with it as well you, you really have i mean because it is you know, unless you want to make it a hobby, then then it's a hobby. But if not, it's it's a it's a full time job. And what pisses me off is when people say, mm, you know, like as if it's a crime to have it as a job and to be successful in that job. Um, do you know what I mean? And I hang around with a lot of people. A lot of my friends got really good jobs. You know, they're in the metal, but they've got great jobs. Yeah. And nobody has a go at them because they're you know they're driving around. And, in a Jaguar or something because they've got a great job and yeah. they work hard at it. Um, and at the same time, nobody goes into their offices and nicks all their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is that it, invariably, you know, the, the view from the view from the ground is that, is that, wow, it's awesome being in a band because you go to a gig and you see the band and you go, it must be awesome to do that every night. And it is. But there's also, you know, the old cliche of the other 23 hours in the day. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, also, and also the impact on your body and your, your brain of doing that every night as well. You know, I mean... Well, it, tell me about it. Here's me by yeah. the um, slip disc or whatever it is. Yeah, slip disc. Well, we started with rotator cuff. It's slip disc. By well, the end... we don't know yet. I've got, I've, I've got, got to go down to the... Um... I've got a hospital appointment about five. Oh, really? really what it is. It just keeps seems to be moving everywhere. Oh, oh, fucking hell. That sounds horrible. You, last time that happened, it was in Russia, and they managed to get me, like, an ex, ex-military type. It was just massive. <laughs> and uh, it literally just, like, rolled me up like a crumpled bit of paper, and then I was fine after that. <laughs> wow. That sounds like an experience. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, you've done well to get a hospital appointment so bloody quickly. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you, um, where is home for you then? You're in. You're in Ipswich. I am indeed. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it's 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 quite. Have you always been based in Ipswich? Apologies for my ignorance. Well, thereabouts. I lived in villages, sort of in and around. Um, but yeah, always. I like this part of the country. Um, and it's 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 busy enough, but quite but 
more importantly, quiet enough. I mean, I spent all my time in major cities. Yeah. The last thing I want to be in when I get home is in another major city. Yeah, no, I can understand that. And um, uh, and it's a lovely part of the world. I've, I've played um, I've played Ipswich and um, and uh, Norwich, which I'm very aware of the of the rivalry. So I'm not you know putting the two together. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done a fair amount of comedy shows in in that area of the country, Suffolk and Norfolk, and um, uh, it, it's it, it's gorgeous. It's you know, like, as you say, it's just it's it, they're they're not cities. They're all kind of like you know, you can walk from one side of town to the other, as it were. Yeah, we had a great scene here at one point as well uh, back in the day with the grindcore. This is the home of extreme noise terror and screaming holocaust and John Peel. Um, so that's where Cradle came from as well. Ah, right. You've mentioned a name there from my past as well, um, John Peel. I mean, he played a, a role in our career very early on, um, and he did for you guys as well, didn't he? Uh, well, he liked our T-shirts. He wasn't. He'd never really been a metal fan as such. But yeah, he, he did get behind the band. He liked the T-shirts. He liked the whole image thing. He liked uh, the rebelliousness of it. He liked the punky bits. But he's, he's definitely yeah. not a metal fan. He, he wasn't a metal fan. No, no. I, I bumped into him at a, a DRI, DRI Napalm Death gig in Nottingham Garage in fucking 1986, I think. Yeah, he'd, yeah. he'd regularly... Well, he, he first got into hardcore via the Stupids, who were another Ipswich band... I'm going to go and see them in a few weeks' time. You're joking. Um, I just mentioned I mentioned them. I mentioned them on last month's podcast, and I've had loads of people going, "Fucking hell, the stupids!" I remember them. That's and you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, they, they played. I've seen them a couple of times this year. They're playing. They're doing a set up in London near my sisters. We're both going to go. Um, Whereabouts yeah, is they, that? They, they were his entry into in, into the hardcore thing. Right. Okay. So, uh, and he'd regularly he'd regularly turn up at shows round here with his family in tow, whether they wanted to be with him or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely no family with him uh, on the night I saw him. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it's a little bit hardcore for the um, for the fam, but um, uh, it was just a really really nice guy. Did you ever get to meet him? Yeah, yeah, I've met him. I think I spoke to him on the phone as well. Like, um, yeah, I'm sure I've done an interview with him. Yeah, no, he was um, he was he was just such a yeah lovely guy, and that and, and as you were saying, what a scene to be to be around back in the day. I mean, that's just like you know, groundbreaking band after groundbreaking band. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was literally well. I think grindcore is a, is a product of um, of uh, learning to play metal <laughs> 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 only because you know napalm carcass bolt fire. Uh, a little bit with degated instinct, I guess. Um, you know, they they became successful when they, you know, truly started embracing the sort of metal side of things. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, and of course, you guys came along, and I, I mean, would you? I mean, you're 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 basically fucking pioneers of a number of a, a number of styles that have gone to become genres all of their own. Um, I mean, do you... well, I would say I would say that we were actually arguably nicking stuff. We were cherry picked, you know. We we came from a soundtrack. We liked soundtracks, so we put soundtracks. And the first wave of black metal that we grew up on, which is you know the Kirk Frost, the Batteries, yeah, yeah, uh, early Destructions, 
together with thrash and grindcore and that also burgeoning you know gothic doom scene which was paradise lost anathema yeah. die bride that sort of thing we cherry picked chose the bits we liked out of each of them and that became cradle of filth so we weren't wholly original we just packaged it nicely that's a that, that's a that's a very honest admission um I'd, I'd have gone with yeah we are we, we we are definitely responsible for creating all those genres <laughs> <laughs> well we might have accidentally tripped you know built one along the way or whatever but yeah i think it's for most bands you know you, you become a hybrid you, well, you... unless of course you are an originator uh but look how many uh people sabbath worship still nowadays yeah yeah, and it's—I mean, it's always—it's always weird for me as well um, when people say, like, you know, oh, either yours, were, you know, given like you were saying earlier about you know people saying that oh, I was you know only X amount of years old when I was when I got your first album or whatever. So it, it always freaks me out when people come up and say like, oh, you know, your my first ever live gig was going to see you lot, or the first album I ever bought was one of yours. Uh, to to this day, I always that I always see that as kind of like a. Um, an amazing place, an amazing part to play in someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I do hear it quite often. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it does because it, it reminds me of who I was influenced by. And, yeah. You know, I still get goosebumps if if I think of King Diamond or if I get to speak to him or I get to meet someone else that that I grew up on. Yeah. I get terribly nervous, and and remember how that affected me at the time. Yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you mean. It, it, it's and to think somebody holds you in that esteem is is quite exactly. It's quite, yeah, yeah. Because I can remember it myself. Just being, you know, it colours totally colours your upbringing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know when you when I mean you know when you meet people who've been major influences. Um, it's like I'm the same as you. I'm uh, unfortunately had a bad experience with meeting one of my heroes the other week, um, who turned out to be a complete dick. Um, no, I've had I've had that as well. Yeah, yeah, I've had that as well. Well, all right. Are we are we, we going to name names then? I will. Uh, if, I will if you best will. Not best, best <laughs> not. I, I don't want to ruin his legacy. <laughs> well, do you know what? People know who he is anyway because it, it 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 went it went through the Krangs and the Metal Hammers back in the day. Oh, really? It right. Got, it got resolved. It, it got resolved. It, was, it all just got a bit messy and that, but, yeah, maybe, maybe sometimes you just catch people on, on a bad day. Well, you know it's, I mean? yeah, it's funny. I mean, I... I, I... I had my run in and um and um uh, I messaged uh, I got messages from a few people because I kept it quiet I didn't say who it was but a few people messaged me and said like you know who is it and when I said who it was they were they were like oh no no I, I had the same experience it wasn't a bad day he's just a dick um and uh, and I, and and when I've switched the recording equipment off I will I'll tell you who it was um okay cool um, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely there's nothing there's nothing more that there's nothing we love more than a bit of gossip is there absolutely yeah especially in these salacious times that we live in um yeah but um well, it, I just know who to avoid well yeah, absolutely yeah and um and it, so I presume you've got you also you're also getting fans um coming bringing their kids as well to their their first cradle show yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's another whole generation. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and that is just that's an absolute mind fuck when that happens for me. I just yeah, think, you know, it is, yeah. yeah. But it's a mind fuck also when people, you know, remind you of how long the band has been going because it doesn't. Even though I did say that it's had dog years and it seems like gone on forever. When you actually think back to it, you think, God, yeah, that doesn't seem that long ago. Yeah, I, stuff well, from, from stuff from the you know like the turn turn of the century. It's like seventy years ago now, but it doesn't seem that long. I've got you know quite a clear recollection of things that happened then. It does seem like only yesterday, which is worrying. Yeah, it is. It, it does make you live in the present a little bit more as well, though. Yeah, well, you do that more the older you get. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but do you are, are you are you finding the band? something that is actually more enjoyable with a little bit of age and you know everybody yeah, I, think, I think i think the the maxim is when you get older it's not what you what you want to get it's what you want to keep hold of and you start realizing you know the older you get that i think maiden said it quite well in that song what's it called Waste it's of not <laughs> 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 um oh never mind maybe wrong, wrong analogy but um yeah, I think living uh, and having experience and having the the chance that you haven't blown it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? To learn by your mistakes. Um, I think the older you get, the more perceptive you are of that. And not only the mistakes, but the good times as well. And know, know that you're under a good thing. Um, we're very lucky that, you know, our career, it's had its... It's mostly ups, but it's had a few downs, and we're just, you know, very grateful that we're still in a, in a very good, enviable position, and we're very aware of that. Um, and um, you know, proud of it and respectful of it, and it's cool because you know, just being on this tour got to meet a lot of fans, and I mean, they're appreciative of the fact that you get to talk to them and meet them and. They realise, you know, you're quite down to earth. Well, hopefully they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you do, um, so do you do meet and greets? Sometimes, yeah. We didn't on this tour. But yeah, we, we, we do. But we do get out there after the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just wondering whether it was, you know, whether it was more a thing of, well, you know, um, you know, you, it's a, another income stream, which let's face it, um, you know, as many income streams as possible is good. But um, America, generally, I think, is, is where you do that kind of thing. Right, okay. Yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, it's, it's. I guess there's, there's, some, there's something about doing it in your own country that just doesn't kind of feel right, isn't there? Well, I just don't think they're, they're sort of, yeah, it does actually, to be fair, but um, I just haven't been the case for it. Most of the venues are not catered for actually giving you any food in Britain either. It's all buy out, they're really lazy. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it is it it is strange how when as soon as you go over it over into Europe the the way that you are viewed and the way you're dealt with by by venues seems to be that much more appreciative. I just think it's the way. It, yeah, it's just the way Britain's set up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's um. We do, do you know this conversation is heading towards Brexit, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and inevitably, and <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I mean, me too. 
couldn't care less anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I'm just kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake, can we just stop talking about it? <laughs> it is actually asking whether the concept of the album uh, was about Brexit. <laughs> However, uh, I mean, well, I mean, inevitably, everything is now. But that that is living proof that just that Brexit can be can be attached to just about anything going on in this country at the moment. Yeah, you know, exactly. from from um, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here to Cradle of Filth's last album. There may there may be some sort of Brexit leaning in there. Fucking hell, that's mad. Um, well, uh, well, look, Danny, I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep you on the uh, I'm gonna keep you on the line because I'll, I'll I'll tell you about um, I'll tell you about my experience with the. Um, uh, with my so-called hero, um, but oh, um, uh, but for now, look, thank you, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, cheers, thank you. Not at all. And there you go. That was my chat with Danny. You know because you just listened to it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and and like I said, what a, what what a what a top dude. Um, and um, it kind of kind of struck me as, as well that he he seemed sort of reluctant to. Um, uh, to to accept some of the sort of play praise that that I was giving him, and it was very very keen to um, to make sure that every other band that was around at the time got their fair shake, and that they were part of a scene. And um, I just in, really refreshing. Um, you know, normally people are only too quick to own their 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 own glory. Um, but Danny seemed very, um, very keen to deflect it, which, which was really, um, really does make a change, especially frontmen, you know, cause I'd be like, yep, yeah, that was us. Yep. Yeah, we created a genre. That was, that was us. We did that. Um, but, um, uh, you know, really, uh, just, I really, I just really enjoyed it. And I'm, and I, I'm not doing this to kind of advertise, but there, there's some stuff on the um, uh, the section that, um, I've, that I've done for the Patreon part of the podcast, which um, is 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 you know, interesting and revealing um, all on its own. So there you go. That's um, that was my little advert. Patreon, Patreon, I am on Patreon. Yeah, I did that little song. Patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith. Patreon forward slash Howard at Patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith. Um, I did that little song at the end of the podcast last uh, last month, and no one commented on it. I was fully expect that's if if anybody could be bothered to listen. I mean, it, it's only about five seconds after the end of the podcast, but I was expecting to get shit from that from um, uh, for doing that. But no, everybody, you were all very nice, so thank you for that. Um, of course, something that I haven't uh, mentioned is the passing of Malcolm Young. Um, I mean, I'm of an age, 47, proud of it, not a problem, every day above ground, yep, you're not going to get me moaning on about my age. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ACDC were a gateway band for a load of people my age. Um, rock and roll ain't noise pollution, I heard the single, loved it, um, and uh, and Back in Black, what an album. I mean, every gig that I went to, probably throughout my teens... Back in Black is coming through the stereo. Stereo, for fuck's sake! Honestly, how fucking old am I? Forty-seven, not eighty-seven. It's coming through the. Um, actually, interesting diversion. Tangent fans, looks like my Technics amp is packing up, um, and that amp has been with me as long as I was in acid rain. The first time it has been with me all those years. 
and I'm really gutted that it appears to be on its way out. It's, I don't know, it's a real, it, it's almost like the passing of a friend, you know? I feel like, I, I really do feel like, it, rather than sort of like, you know, tipping it or anything, like, I, I should probably bury it in the garden and give it a little burial and a headstone. It means that much to me. Um, and I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, any of you out there with, hey, get in touch, those of you with uh, really old stereo gear in the house and hi-fi gear, get in touch and tell me how old yours is and uh, if it survived and if it hasn't, what you did when you got rid of it. Did you just get rid of it? Did you pass it on? Did you try and get it repaired? Please text me on what a load of shit. It's just the absolute fucking... This is a proper tangent now, but I'm going off about fucking... I'm sick and tired of listening to programmes, whether it is on the radio, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's uh, whether it's a live podcast, whatever, it's watching a TV programme. Oh, please do get in touch with your opinions. No, fucking don't. You just have to sit there and li- li- listen to numbskulls' opinions being read out. It's like it's bad enough if you go to a gig or you're in the pub and you overhear people talking utter shit and you just think, oh, please, mate, fucking drop dead now. It's people like you that are weighing the planet down. And then you sit down in the privacy of your own home to watch something and you have to listen to the same numbskulls that you fucking hate listening to out there in the world. They're getting their opinions read out. They're getting, well, I, I don't understand why we're doing this. I, right, 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 I've been going to football for 40 years, right? And I don't get why players can't just stick the ball in the back of the net. I mean, it's not that difficult, is it, eh? I mean, you've got all these foreign players coming over on bloody ridiculous money, but they are good, I have to say. I have to say that, you know, that De Canio, he was one of our best ever players. But what the bloody... We've moved to a new stadium. I can't get me pie and mash. People are parking in people's gardens. There's fights. There's racism. Although, I've got to be honest, I don't mind a bit of racism. I, I probably shouldn't say that but bloody hell why can't we fuck off seriously that's that's a phoning show really and that's probably the longest text in the fucking world but you get my point why you know oh please send in your opinions no no even the news you're watching the news watching the fucking news and they're saying send in your opinion no the news should be the news. It should just be the news. The facts. What's happening today? I don't want to know what fucking Suzanne from fucking Edinburgh's got to say about it. I don't want to know what fucking Keith from Milton Keynes' opinion is on the fucking royal wedding. I couldn't give a shit. I couldn't give a shit about the royal wedding, never mind Keith's opinion from Milton Keynes about the wedding I don't fucking care about. Fucking tangent. Big old tangent. Started out being about my fucking amp on my stereo. Um, but it started out about Malcolm Young. Sorry, Malcolm. Sorry to go off on a tangent like that. The point I'm making is... Um, have I even got a point? Uh, the, the point... The, the, I guess the point is that Malcolm's Young's, Malcolm Young's passing is is incredibly sad because he was one... Well, he formed the band with Angus, his brother... Um, a major songwriter, some of the greatest riffs of all time. A lot of people say, oh, you know, well, you know, um, ACDC aren't metal. Well, do you know what? No, they probably weren't. And and do you know what? It's also okay to like bands that aren't metal. Um, but yeah, I said it. Pfft. Yeah, exactly. Deal with it, bitches. Um, but it, it's just, it's a, it is a, it's a tragic loss. I know he hadn't been in the band for a while and ACDC might not have been the greatest band in the world for a while, but just seriously you know what i'm gonna do when i'm finished this podcast i've got to go off and do a gig and you know what i'm gonna play on the way to my gig 
I'm going to dig my ACDC back in black CD out. I'm going to put that in the car and I'm going to play it loud in memory of Malcolm. Peace, brother. Um, so, um, let's let's just go straight into another interview, shall we? Yes, why not? So, this next interview was, it was a real weird one because I haven't seen Stilly, friend of the show, Stilly Paps, the brother, younger brother of Kev, who used to be in Acid Rain. But Stilly, as you guys know him, is um, roadie to the stars. He has worked with everybody. I think he lifts, lifts off a few in this. I mean, he's worked with him currently works with Stereophonics, he's just done the whole world tour with Billy Talent, but he did all Death Back in the Day, he worked with Gene, tons, and um, he, he's, he's, he's been over for a couple, a couple of times in the space of a couple of weeks, which has been great to see him, and we, we were sat chatting, and, and I, I, was, I was, you know, I was stuck for another guest on the podcast, and I said, and I said to him, I was stuck for another guest on the podcast, and then I thought, fuck it, I'm going to interview you, and then just started interviewing him so um so yeah no expense spared but um here he is for his second time on the podcast and there's some interesting stuff in this real behind the scenes stuff that um i found really interesting um and i'm sure you guys will too so for the second time on the podcast the one the only the man the myth the legend from behind the scenes roadie to the stars it is stilly paps so, um, so I, I've got Stilly round me, uh, round, my, round my house at the moment. Again. Uh, yeah, again. And I was thinking, um, who should I... Um, I was actually having a conversation with him five minutes ago about, who else can I get on the podcast this week, you know, for, for this month? And we were talking about it, and um, I just went to make him a cup of tea and realised, bloody hell, I've got the solution sitting right in front of me. And he still hasn't made my tea. Yeah, I still haven't made, his, made him his tea either. So, um, sorry about that. Um, I well, I tell you what, this is you can earn your tea. I'll make you. I'll make you a brew. Listen to that. I've got the kettle boiling in the background just to fucking fuck with you. There you go. <laughs> um, we were talking earlier, and I, I thought this might be interesting. We were talking earlier about um, a a big a big metal band um, who shall remain nameless, but you were saying are, are cutting back on what they're paying crew now. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously, bands have got to make money as well and save money where they can. But um, yeah, if you if you've been, especially if if you you know been working with a band for a while, and um, what would you say a while is? Well, even, you know, even if you'd say we know some people th- who are involved in three this, years. Because if you say three years, I mean, you can say that's. My three or four years, you can say that's like two two album cycles. But but we're also talking about so, somebody somebody that you know that you mentioned had been working with the band for probably over ten years. Well, yeah, but and has been asked so, to ask, yeah even more reason you know for, and, and been asked to take basically a fifty percent PDs cut. Well, cut, I mean, different bands do different things: cutting PDs, sharing rooms, cutting wages, half pay on days off kind of thing, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. If you've been with a band uh, for a while, you know, and you kind of class them as good friends, as you do with most bands that you work for, if you work for them for a while, they become your friends, you know. Yeah. Um, and this is what happens when you mix business with friends. Well, yeah. But, you know, so if you've been with them for a while, um, it is, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit rude to... 
to but, ask for these. Yeah, you know. Cut, yeah, cut because then because they're not going to be taking any. You know, they're not going to suddenly start sharing rooms. So. Well, that's it. Yeah, and you're talking about grown men here who have yeah. got to put that's food what, on the table. That's what I was going to say. When when you when you're kids, then not kids, but you know, you know, when you when you're younger, you. And it's your first tours, yeah. Everyone should go through that. Wait, did, did we ever pay you? <laughs> you di- yeah, you did, but you didn't pay me for your for your main tour. <laughs> really? Yeah, nine hundred quid. Oh, did you? Oh, you never got. Never it, got paid. You never, never got paid. No. Fuck. So never mind. Kevin Nixon, if you're yeah. listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. If if it's one of your first tours, then. Yeah, you accept that I did, you know, sleeping in vans, travelling on, sitting on top of the gear, all that kind of thing. you got to pay your dues, but like I say, if you're working for a band and the band is, you know, doing doing good business, I don't know what these bands make. But, yeah. you know, if you're doing the amount of gigs and stuff and the amount of touring that, that they're doing, um, they can't. Well, they can, but it's just very rude of them to say, all oh, this time round, chaps, you know, you're sharing rooms, you're getting half this, half that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then they... And just assuming everyone's going to go along with it, which, yeah, because, which, from what you've said, they haven't. Um, well, yeah, a lot of... This. So two people you know have walked away from this particular band. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, one of, the, and one of them's been working with that band for, what, 10 years, if not more? Yeah. Well, I think both of them. Really, both the two that I know. Yeah. Um, so in a, so in an attempt to to cut wages, presumably they're going to now get a younger crew, people who can, like you just said, like you know, on their way up, paying their dues. Yeah. And to have this band on their CV would be quite impressive. Yeah, but you know, which is good for the young kid. But I think it's it's yeah, it's just. Um, like I say, you, you you make this bond with the bands that you're working with, and yeah, because you're all in it together, aren't you? You're out on yeah. the road, and they all, you know, they always ask for your back, and that's you know where the the loyalty thing comes along because you know, yeah, I'll go back and work for whatever band because they're great, great bunch, you know, and I'm looked after, and then all of a sudden to say, okay, well. They want me to go on tour with a great band, but now they're asking me to share rooms, take a wage cut. It's yeah, it's just not on. Really. Well, the thing is, it's it's um, it's kind of like well, yeah, and it's like well, they're, they're, as as good of friends as you may be, and as much you know, you might have a really good crack on the road, but you can't take that home and pay the fucking mortgage with it, well, can so, you? Yeah, yeah. You go got, back to your missus and go. Yeah, I know I've brought home less money, but I had a really good time. <laughs> you know, if you've got. Um, Misses and kids and whatever. Which you have. Which I do. Um, yeah, you got to, you know, you got to look elsewhere, you know. You know, but it, it's kind of sad in a way that you have to say, well, sorry, I'm going to go and work for this band. Never worked for them before, you know. Yeah. Might not like their music. Not We were saying before, the music is kind of impartial, really. Yeah. Um, you know, you just do it for the, for the work, for the, for the gig um, but if you have been working for a band and you're into the music as well you know like Billy Talent for instance it's your cup of tea yeah yeah. if it's your cup of tea and then for whatever reason you have to turn down a tour you're always like gutted by it you know because yeah. 
um, I don't want to go and work for, you know, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> well, I would actually, but <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, to, yeah, to go and work for someone new is always. But it's a risk, isn't it? It's yeah. an element of risk. But you know, if if they're offering to keep you in the custom, you're you know, what you're used to, the yeah. surroundings you're used to, um, then, yeah, you will take it. Well, the thing is, as well, is it's, it is, it's being on the road is no, is no easy job, is it? Um, um, no, well, and as like we were saying, we're all getting older and fatter. Um, so, yeah, it, it takes it out on you more. And nowadays you, you've got more things back at home to... Worry about yeah, but, but also is a and all that. But also it is a it is a it is a physical job. I mean, it is it's long hours. It's loading in. It's setting up. It's yeah. being on the money for the whole gig. Then it's loading out. Yeah. I mean, it is an it's it's a well, lot more work than the band to put in. Being, I can vouch for that. I don't know if you've seen on um, Facebook and all that. There's these um um it's like a awareness groups of you know aging roadies that are you know losing their marbles and stuff and right you know get, getting depression and suicidal and fucking hell no I and, and there's that. and there's actual groups and stuff you know um, wow. counselling and whatever you want to call it yeah um yeah and I can I can kind of see it because you know people our age you finish a tour you don't know if you what's coming up next you know yeah and you've got all these bills to pay and whatever to yeah in normal life, you know, and you just can't. Well, it's a recipe it's, for anxiety. It's isn't just it? a big head, head fuck, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you, I mean, you're about to go out with Stereophonics in the next couple of days, and it sounds lovely, doesn't it? You're going to, you know, you're going to the states for a week and LA and San Francisco doing the James Corden show and yeah. stuff like that. And people listening to this will think, fucking hell, that's awesome. But that is the first proper work you've had since, what, August? <laughs> yeah. Well, since I finished Billy Town and the Leeds Festival. It was the last gig. Right. Back to Leeds, eh? Yeah, finished in Yorkshire. Yeah. Did your mum and dad come? No, they could hear it from the garden, though. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I was checking it down. I didn't bother coming. Right. But, um, yeah, so... I haven't been to Leeds for years. Is it? Is it? Has it got a lot bigger? Because I went the year Metallica did it. Um, oh, well, I say the year Metallica did it. The Saint Anger year. Metallica well, I've, I've never it. been. Oh, I went one year. I think it was. No, it wasn't at that site. It was at Bramham Park. Oh, it's not there anymore then. It's not no, at Bramham Park. Um, it might be. I went before it, where it is now. Oh, right. Okay. Um, with my ex missus, one year. As, that's the only time I've been as a punter. So yeah, every other time it's. Being in the same location, but they move it around the site a bit. Yeah, stages yeah. in different places and stuff. And this this year, I was on the what was it called? The pit pit stage. Right. Okay. So you know, it's just a tent somewhere in the field yeah. because it's raining. So you just you don't go anywhere. You know, if you want to stay, yeah, kind of clean. I, I just stayed on on stage all day. Yeah. You know, backwards and forwards. With Billy Talent headlining. Yeah. Yeah, headline that. Were they? Yes. That must have been great if it was, pissing, if it was pissing down, because that's the... I mean, well, as you know, we played Amplified Festival and we played the beer tent. It's a bit of talent gig. It, you know. it rains at every gig. Oh, really? Yeah, we bring it with us. Oh, that's nice to know. 
that it's not a British band that are taking the uh, taking the rain everywhere. The Canadians are just as bad. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But it's it's in, it's interesting that like over the years actually like like you know as we were saying the the music that the band play that you might be working for becomes less and less important because the weird thing is when you start out and I mean you started out with us but it was like yeah. you were literally it was thrash hardcore death for what 10 years yeah well uh let me think you started with us in 88 yeah um, well well technically when, first gig was in 87 my first <laughs> yeah so I started with you guys uh, but my first actual paying well no, yeah you cheeky fucking alright don't first, you the one tour we didn't pay you for the first band that I I worked for that wasn't you basically mm. was um Dark Angel Right, okay, yeah, worked for Gene. Uh, yeah, and did all their t- European tours whenever they came over. Um, and then G- they finished, Gene was in death, so I, pretty soon after that, so when he used to come over, he used to ask for me again, so yeah. I did a lot of the death tours. Wait, which ones did you do? So Gene um, came in on Human, did, was it Human he no, came he wasn't. in? no. Did, did, did he do the tour? I can't. He, he did one tour where he brought his American tech um, Steve over. Bastard. Um, but he brought him over on the Dark Angel tour, but just for just for a, a, a party, laugh. yeah, just for a jolly. Right, it okay. didn't work. But he was. Fuck his, Gene, Gene had his American drum tech there and his European drum tech. So did, so did you? Did the two of you find yourself running into each other? Going, well, that's it. He, he, he wasn't working. He was just there. To, Drink, smoke, whatever. Bloody hell! Yeah, he that is that's a sign of the times. That people taking crew with them just well, to I, I have a laugh. I don't know if Gene paid for him, but you know he just came over and yeah, had a holiday. But it was <laughs> on tour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I worked. I don't know how long it was, but all the not all of them, but um, well, you worked with Carcass. I remember. I got late. You know, got lumped in with all the earache bands. Um, so yeah, just sad. One tour after another, it didn't, didn't really stop. Um, entombed, Carcass, Cathedral, Brutal Truth, Bits of Napalm. Entombed, did I say entombed? Yeah, you did say entombed, yeah. Uh, yeah, God's, God's a Grind tour, you know, there was like four bands. So you get to... I remember I remember you working for Entombed. We... Um, did quite a bit with We, had, we had a spliff uh, in the back of the Astoria. Me, you, Jody, and one of Entombed. Yeah, I can't remember who it might have been the singer, because they're always the friendliest, most outgoing members of bands, aren't they, silly? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still mates after all these years. If we don't make me a tea. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the brew, the brew is on the way. The brew is brew, brewing. Yeah, yeah, it's it is brewing. Can I like this then? No, not in there. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, 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 you you were like Mr. Fucking Hardcore Drum Roadie, weren't you? Yeah. You know, just the go-to man. It, well, I don't know, really. I mean, I just, yeah, still know people that, you know, around at the time that were doing the same thing, but I don't think there was many. It wasn't really seen as a job option back then. Yeah. You know. Well, you so just to do that, just to be a roadie and nothing else. Well, I, I remember you used, you used yeah. to work at that warehouse in Weatherby, didn't you? Well, I worked you? at a warehouse for a bit. Um, but um, my boss would just let me go and do whatever gigs you had. 
Um, yeah. And like I said, when you guys finished and I started working with Dark Angel, that was my first um, kind of paying, yeah. paying gig, yeah. apart from the warehouse. So I had to tell the warehouse, look, um, this is kind of going to be a, a big thing, you know. Yes. I can't ask you, you know, because he was great, my boss. He would just say, yeah, go, on, go and do it. It doesn't matter. Go and do, do the gigs. Because he was a, a musician anyway. So Right. He kind of... But you can't turn around and say, I'm going to be away for six yeah, weeks. Yeah, he, he couldn't sort of brush that under the carpet. Yeah. yeah. So knock that on the head. And, yeah, it was one tour after another. I'd get home for one tour. I wouldn't have to unpack my bag. Yeah. But home for a couple of days. A week at the most, you know, a lot of the time. Well, it, but it's weird because to hear that you like you've got so much experience and yet you haven't worked since August, and yet everyone says there's more band, there's more bands on tour now than there ever has been. Um, but you're further up the food chain, aren't you? You're not. I mean, you could be out working all the time, but you wouldn't necessarily be earning. No, what, but what either yeah. a what you're worth or b what you need to earn. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say what what I'm worth because I I wouldn't know. I get asked these questions, you know, when when you do get job offers, if someone calls, we need a drum tech or backline tech. You know, what do you get? What's your daily rate? I'm just like, I don't know because <laughs> make me an offer. I've, well, yeah, you tell me what you can afford. Yeah, you know, cause and I'll tell you if I, I can afford to do it. I don't want to say, yeah, I I want this amount. That's what I've been getting for example. Stereophonics, yeah, you know who you can imagine pay a decent wage. But if yeah, if it's some band coming up, on, yeah. so I'm not going to say I want this amount. Yeah, you know because they'll just go okay. Well, they might not. Hopefully, they won't. And they'll just yeah. Go, oh, but but I think that's so I always say to them, tell me what's in your budget. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say that's that's what's fair because then yeah. you can say yes or no. And you know, obviously, you you got to get you got to know what you're getting involved in. Is it a van tour, you know? Yeah. Let's say if I was 25 again, I probably wouldn't be asking the question, is it a van, do I have my own room, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, but it's a van, you're, you're sharing rooms. When you're uh, my age, you know, it's those are the kind of things you ask first. Am I, are we in a splitter van, you know? Well, you're the same age as me, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah 47. 27, yeah. <coughs> um, <laughs> Can I do that? Um... <coughs> Well, yeah, I mean... So, um, but, yeah, I hate um, having to price myself. But, yeah, now I do have to think, um, you know, of paying for the family, you know, paying for the house, paying for the kids, paying for all the bills that we never had when we were youngsters living at our parents' house. Well, absolutely. Well, you never had any expenses living at home, did exactly. you? And it's just like, like you say, you know, coming home, which also means... That you work, you know, you're on the road. You don't really, I mean, PDs per diems. There should explain. That's money that you get basically from the band per day to sort of live on. So I, I remember. It, well, yeah, I suppose it is the band's money, but yeah, it's 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 spending money. Yeah, it's it's part of the tour budget, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so you get your PDs during the day, uh, but you're also getting a daily wage as well. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the road, you don't really get that many opportunities to to spend money, no. um, other than on uh, service stations and shit like that. Um, so well, it's a good way of saving money when you're on tour. I was going to say, yeah, because you come you come home, 
in those in those old days, you come home, you've got no overheads. You come home, you bank nearly all of the money that you've earned, and yeah. then you back out on the road again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You should be fucking retired, mate. <laughs> well, that's what. Yeah, that's how I've got a house now because made all that extra. Money. I did pay my tax. I fucking yeah. owned up, and paid up, became legit, and paid them a fine. And oh, did you get a fine? Yeah. Because you, what, because you hadn't paid I, for... I didn't pay tax for 14 years. <laughs> yeah, but hang on, you were out of the country for more I, than 50% I, of the time, I weren't know, you? you can go into it all, but... And probably... Was it a fair old whack, then? Uh, yeah. Because you had to pay your tax and a fine on top. Yeah, well, they didn't, they didn't, um, what's the word, penalise me too heavily. Right. So, um, they tend not to if you come forward. Well, that's it. You know, but because uh, because I came clean, obviously they're looking on in the books. And whose name's next to my name? Oh, would it be <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> so I think he they didn't you know they didn't collar him or anything, but he obviously he had to own up as well. Right. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, Stilly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. So, um, Kev's, Kev's favoured absolutely atrocious communication skills, as in you never hear from him, like, unless you call. Unless I'm... Yeah, I'm saying that, like, on both... I'm saying that on both of our behalves, yeah. All of a sudden, no, I'd imagine he was, um, uh, yeah, he was willing to talk, <laughs> finding out that you uh, hadn't exactly... You'd indirectly dobbed him into the to HMRC. I've stitched you up, my son. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Um, as you know, I'm going to be doing my spoken word thing um, yeah. later uh, later in the yeah. year, and um, I'm going to hopefully be doing a few of them up and down the country. And um, you're not coming to Ulysses, are you? I don't think so. No, yeah. that's where Stilly lives, by the way, in Germany. <laughs> in case you're wondering what the fuck that is, what a Ulysses is. Um, um, and I'm obviously going to be saying a few stories from the uh, from that. So with Nuclear Assault, Dark Angel and Candlemas. Um, have you ever been involved? It's a long, long show, wasn't it? Uh, it's two <laughs> hours, yeah. Um, have you ever been involved in anything as... Quite as, like that at all. Uh, quite like that at all. You've beaten me to it, yeah, exactly, basically, yeah. Um, let me think. Because I, I don't want to say too much on here, but like, needless to say, there was all sorts where people ended up in jail, you name it. No, prob- probably not. No, I mean, we were talking the other week, last week, weren't we? Um, the yeah. amount of stuff that went on, not just on that tour, but in that time. Yeah. That, say that year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's lots of stuff in there that... Well, we, well, basically, we... I don't know, maybe it's because the, the age thing again. But again... Because we were yeah. teens and... Didn't give a shit. Early 20s, we just, yeah, maybe bands still do that these days. So we went abroad and behaved like stupid teenagers do when they get pissed in their own country, but we did it in Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, other people ended up paying the price. Yeah. Fuck me. Um, I've never... But funnily enough, I think, if you remember as well, the three major tours... I don't think I've ever worked for a band where a band member's been arrested. <laughs> Other than that tour, yeah. Kept in prison for weeks and weeks. <laughs> it's funny now, we fucking, yeah. Um, no. um, also, I was, th- I was thinking, if you think, we did three major tours, 
we did the nuclear assault, can you survive, can, can you survive brain death? Mm-hmm. You, we did the that tour with Nuclear Assault, Dark Angel, Candlemas in Europe. Yeah. And we did the Obnoxious tour. Yeah. Now, in between, we did a, a, a broken up tour with Exodus. Yeah. Um, well, it's the UK. Which had a European break in the middle. So yeah. we did the UK dates. Yeah. Then they went to Europe and then came back and we did more UK That's dates. Right, yeah. Um. But I was thinking those major tours, Nuclear Assault, Can You Survive Brain Death, Gaz hands in his notice and disappears at the end, well, on the last UK date, with still four European gigs to play. Um, can th- That tour in Europe was ended up with guns from Dark Angel in jail for weeks and, you know, all sorts of shit kicking off. Drivers in hospital after a big mass brawl that was started by someone. Um, <laughs> and then the obnoxious tour, and... Um, Which I think it paid and, for. And Gaz left the band two dates before the end of it. Sorry, not Adam. Gaz, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, Gaz has already left, he can't leave again. So, three major tours, and we... It, there was always a fucking drama. I got my bag nicked in Ireland. You got your bag nicked in Ireland. I um, lost my voice... Uh, here we did the following night Newcastle under Lyme the 23rd and then we had to pull Wolverhampton and Hull didn't we go to we, and we went to Walton Towers Walton Towers during the week <laughs> no fucker there everybody was like uh, initially it was like we're going to have to pull a couple of shows because Howard needs to rest his voice and it was a bit of a downer and I remember Ian going but we could go to Walton Towers and everyone was like fucking awesome nice one Howard nice one what, what was the... Uh, was it Drogada? Yeah, Swan End, where we had to build the stage. Yeah, we walked in and it was being built, yeah. made of wood. By the way, we're looking at the big tour poster in the room at the moment. That's um, why I've just got very loud. Uh, yeah, they... Uh, yeah, they um, yeah, we walked in and it was like... <coughs> building the stage, which Kev went through. Yeah. Well, it was just chipboard, wasn't it? But he, yeah, but he was also trying the whole gig yeah. to go through the floor, wasn't it? Of course, he? yeah. Yeah. Red Swan End, Drogada. Uh, Morecambe, home gig for DAM, who, well, had their, who while they were on stage, had their dressing room burgled and well, so being, everything uh, mixed Sun- their home gig. Sunday, the 8th of April, yeah. we were in Morecambe. I had to buy some clothes <laughs> <laughs> in Morecambe on a Sunday. Oh, brilliant. Seaside town on a Sunday. <laughs> I remember waking up to the news that uh, Crystal Palace had beat Liverpool in the FA Cup semi-final because oh, we ended up taking the piss out of the Liverpool crowd because the last thing Kev says to the crowd um, on the video of that gig is oh by the way Crystal Palace I think I've got a DVD of the uh, Wrexham gig oh really yeah because we use these for backdrop didn't we because oh, yeah. you remember the stages yeah kind of Angular. I think I've seen it actually. I think I've seen it, and I've very recently seen the Liverpool one. Um, which I is, you were saying. It's not great quality. Um, so I don't really remember. But um, yeah, there was always something kicking off, wasn't there? There was. Always, but again, I think it's 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 like I say, it's age. We were young and stupid. Didn't give a shit. Um, I mean, the stuff that went on on that tour, on that European tour. Yeah, I think that is still. I've never heard, you know, band stories or whatever. 
I mean, the only thing that kind of comes close is the old guitar tech for Stereophonics, Woof. Um, Great yeah, nickname. Before I was working with a band, um, they were in France somewhere. And I don't know if it was middle of the night or something, but they were all steaming drunk and they got off the bus. The bus pulled over at the service station or something. And Woof got off. And he went to go for... They thought he'd gone for a piss, you know, as he did just yeah. to the bush, nearest bush. But he just kept on walking and he disappeared. And they lost him for like three days. And they got Interpol in, involved and stuff. And I think um, someone found him. Someone picked him up and he was walking along the motorway, just off his head. Apparently, he walked somewhere into some commune or something in the middle of nowhere and took loads of drugs and probably got assaulted and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they, I think they just drove him to the, the motorway and left put, left him out on the motorway and he just Bloody walked hell. until he found somebody. And ended up back on the tour? Um, probably, yeah, I think so. But, yeah, but nothing quite as... Brutal as that, as that tour. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, funny enough, you reminded me then as well about the um, the time that we uh, we left Kever service stations. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of leaving people behind. Yeah. yeah. Leaving Kev behind was a cracker yeah. because he'd gone into in the service station in a jacket. <laughs> yeah, pants and a leather jacket, nipped into the service station for a dump. But the but he but the bus driver had only stopped to fill the tank. And Kev didn't tell anybody that he was getting off. Always put something the, on his seat. And the first we knew, the first we knew was um, was the coach driver's phone going off, and he went, "Oh, well, this we must didn't be. have mobile phones." No, so but he had a, he had a, he had a big yeah you know. big car phone thing, and um, and literally it was like the old style fucking receiver and everything. And he went, well, "This must be important. This is head office ringing." So they rang up, and, and he just go. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll turn round. And he put the phone down. He just looks and goes, "Your guitarist is at the last service station that we uh, that we stopped at to refuel." And we hadn't he, noticed he had, Kev was not there. Yeah, <laughs> something like ten pence in his pocket. And so he rang Mum, got her out of bed or something. Yeah, and said they've left me, and she happened to have. Oh, I don't know. She went. She probably went in the phone book and looked up Grierson's buses. Yeah, and got the phone number of the yard and called them and managed to get hold of the driver. Yeah, <coughs> brilliant, fucking brilliant. Another stereophonics tech that's not there anymore. We left him at um, Mount Rushmore. Really, <laughs> nice place to get left, I suppose. <laughs> Same thing. He, he, he was he's kind of a kind of a hippie kind of kind of guy who wear a cowboy hat and a pair of cut off denim. Shorts, you know, and right. that'll be it. And of course, we're in America, so the plan was to, uh, I think, to have an hour looking around Mount Rushmore, then we've got to go, kind of thing. Yeah. Early in the morning, and uh, every, everyone that wanted to get out, you know, put something on the bus driver's seat, you know, put your laminate or your passport or something so he knows, oh, yeah, he's, okay. he's not here, he's not here. Reg never said anything, um, so we stopped at the, stopped at Mount Rushmore. All these people got off, and the bus driver is waiting. 
I think the bus driver must have gone in for a piss or something. And as he'd gone in, Reg had got up and gone in to the shop or something, not told anybody. Right. So the party comes back, get on the bus, and we go. Four hours later, we realise he's not there. Because the driver's just driving. And it's kind of a travel day or whatever. Yeah. So no one really notices. You know, we're all sat in the lounge watching the movies. Anyone seen Reg? He's not up yet. No. Must have had a heavy night or something. So you just carry on chatting and watching films and stuff. Four hours later, someone checks his bunk and he's not in there. And his phone's there and his cigarettes. He never leaves his... He's never without his cigarettes. Yeah. So you see his cigarette and you know that he must be fucking... He's bumming, you know. (laughs) He's fucking pissed off. Yeah. And we left him there, well, eight hours. Because we'd driven four hours and we had to drive four hours back. Fucking hell. No money, nothing. And was he there, still there? Yeah, he was just sat, sat... Outside the gift shop, talking to a, an Indian guy. <laughs> and sat there for eight yeah. hours, waiting for everybody yeah. to realise he wasn't there, yeah. and come back. Yeah. No money, couldn't, didn't know who to call anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose that's all you can do, because you know they're going to find out at some point that you, you're not there. Yeah. So. You just hope it's sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah. Sooner than I mean, eight hours, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, we were probably doing a, you know, full travel day. Yeah. So if we'd have spotted it when we'd got to the hotel at the other end, you know, 12 hours away or something, we'd have been fucked. Well, it would have been all right. You'd probably just got a flight back. I was going to say, yeah, stick him in a plane or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because he probably didn't... But what a bummer, though. That's, that's basically, that's eight hours wasted. Yeah. Eight hours, yeah. and you're back at Mount Rushmore again. <laughs> <laughs> was it night time by then well I didn't go because yeah I think it was you have to we're going to be at Mount Rushmore at like five o'clock in the morning or something if you want to have a look we've got an hour because we've got to we've got to go kind of thing I was just like can't be arsed um, I did the same for Niagara Falls as well. <laughs> oh yeah you <laughs> uncultured first, first time it was with Carcass first time I was there I was sat in the front of the van and uh, asleep and someone Someone went, we're at Niagara Falls. And I woke up and all I could see was mist from Niagara Falls. I'm like, great. I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> they all went for a walk around. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you need your sleep, especially on the road, when you need your sleep, you need your sleep. Yeah. It's fucking... It's got to be done. It's essential. Uh, um, well, look, Stilly, um, thank you very much for that impromptu chat. That's all right, mate. Um, and, um, it's been a while. It has, hasn't it? It has. This is your second time on the podcast, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, part two, mate. Oh, was it? Oh, oh, hang on. You were, you were also with Joel from Music for Nations, weren't you? Because you asked him a couple of questions. Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah, so this, could be, this is the hat trick, actually, I think. There you go, yeah. But it's more a second interview, though. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much, mate. Um, I'll make you that cup of tea now. Do as well. <laughs> that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the best line of any, one of my interviews ever. All right, I'll make you that cup of tea now. Should do as well. <laughs> um, uh, there's Stilly, and I, I, you know, genuinely, there's some really interesting stuff there, and um, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, just another, you know, another angle of the music business covered for you there. Um, 
And now just a little bit of a plug about um, uh, next month. Next month uh, will be, as is normal, the um, the podcast will come out. At, I, it possibly will be in two parts because it will be the Christmas special. And I'm going to be speaking to various people about um, highlights of the year. Um, I have got Andy Pilkington on so far. I have got Godless on so far from the Metal Sucks podcast. They're both done. I am speaking to Malcolm Dome next week. Friend of the show, Malcolm, will be on. That'll be insightful and interesting as always. Um, and um, yeah, I've got a few other people lined up as well. So that's all going to be um, coming at you in December, folks. Um, there'll also be um, the, uh, uh, well, they're, they're, look, there's just going to be a lot of stuff to get into, all right? It's going to be pretty bloody cool. Um, so what else um, uh, have I got to talk to you about? Um, I have, um, yeah, I have got the remastered. I have um, uh, obeyed my remaster. I've got the remaster of Master of Puppets. And um, and I have to say, it's um, it's a cracker. It really is. It's um, for some reason I never thought of it as a particularly grungy album, but it just seems to sound cleaner in a good way. Um, and it, I mean, it's a fantastic job. Who's ever do, whoever has done? Well, you know, if I could be bothered to look at the fucking CD case. Oh, here it is. Um, all right, no, that's not it. That's just the that's just the slip cover. Hang on. Um, Right, here we are. Master of Puppets, produced, mixed, blah, blah, blah. Oh. Right, okay, let's have a look. This is fascinating stuff, isn't it? Man man reads CD booklet to get... Oh, fuck it, who cares? It's, look, it's not in big letters, easily accessible, so I'm not fucking interested. Um, it's a good job, okay? The remaster's a good job. Um, I'm not about to spend 150 quid on mountains and piles of stuff. I just got the single CD, um, but it is a cracker and I can, it really taken me back. I played it quite a bit um, and played it late late at night, driving back from a, um, uh, driving back from a gig, which was interesting. Um, Well, it wasn't interesting that I was listening to it on the way back from a gig. It's just, I don't know, I was in a different mindset. I've been doing a lot of comedy recently, spending a lot of time in my car. um, And it was really cool to listen to. On Friday, I I played a rugby club in rugby. Hey, what more do you want? Next to a crematorium. Oh, honestly, my rock and roll lifestyle. Oh, don't you just want to be me? Gigging in rugby at a rugby club next to a crematorium. Um... So, uh, but I, the, the long drive home, um, I, I actually managed puppets twice. And um, I don't know, I, was ju- I just seemed to be in an absolute, you know, when you get a mindset, or maybe it's just me, but you know, when you, you just, you're in a mindset and you just, it's, you've, you've picked the right thing to listen to at the right time. And it just seems to strike a chord. And I just had loads of memories flooding back of around that time of meeting the band and meeting Cliff and, Meeting Cliff James and and Kirk. Anyway, I didn't meet. Oh no, and Lars. I didn't. No, I. Oh, I. No, I didn't. I met Cliff, but he, I just got his autograph. I didn't really meet him, but I got, did get to give him an Acid Rain demo, which was um, which was really cool. Um, I'm sure I've told all these stories before, but then then and just just remember, I can still remember lying on my bed, listening to the album, reading the lyrics, going through it all the first few times I listened to it, um, and. And, ah, oh, man, it, it really, really brought back the memories. It really did. In fact, just talking to you guys now about it is is, is bringing back the memories as well. Um, 
Anyhow, um, what can I say? Um, look, it, it's it, it, it's just been... It, it was really weird listening to it. It was really, really weird listening to it. Um, oh, dear. Oh, dear me. It was just a, an absolute fucking... A real trip down memory lane. Um, so anyway, look, that was that's this me just jabbering now, isn't it? It really is. Um, well, that's what this podcast is. Let's face it. Let's be honest. Um, what else was in the news? Um, yeah, uh, Sebastian Back has come out and he's basically officially said that um, he could never kill himself. So uh, yeah, it's not all good news, is it? <laughs> Um, right, look, it's time for another interview. Now, this one, I, I will have probably trailed it on the... Uh, well, I, you will know who's on, but... Um, yeah, this is this is fellow bollocker of, your, of yours, Rob Davies. Um, or Davis, I'm not quite sure. Um, Rob and I... Um, yeah, Rob and I... Um, well, he sent a message basically saying that he wanted a hand with... Certain, well, I was going to say sorting a certain situation out, but to be honest, you know what it is because I'll have put it in the fucking, um, I'll have put it in the uh, in the text that goes with the podcast. So it's the search for Mitch Hale from the famous Arena BBC heavy metal documentary. That's enough beating around the bush. Let's get on with it. This was my first attempt. <laughs> this was my first attempt to get hold of Rob. Hello, Rob. Hello. Yes. Hello there. It's Age. It is indeed. Age, I'm really sorry. I'm at work now, so I'm going to have to <laughs> um, going to have to curtail curtail the call. No worries, um, man. I, I look. I completely forgot today, and as soon as I saw um, as soon as I saw your message, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake!" And I replied, yeah. and then lost the message altogether. Oh, uh, right, no, don't worry. Honestly, um, do you want to do you want to put it in for another time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm on, what am I on at the moment? I'm on a late shift today, early shift tomorrow. Thursday, um, I'm on late again, so I could do 11 o'clock on Thursday. Um, that yeah. works, oh, hang on a sec, uh, let's have a look. I've got a feeling that I have, da, 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 Thursday... Right, I've, I've got a 12, yeah, we should be able to squeeze it in. Okay, no problems. Yeah, all right, we'll say it at 11 o'clock 30 then. Lovely. Okay, sorry, mate. That's all right, mate. No problem. I'll speak to you then. I look forward to it. Okay, cheers, dude. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So um, that was the first attempt to uh, to get the uh, to get the interview done, um, and I said I got his message um, in there, and um, I sent you know I uh, basically I got this message from him saying yes absolutely I'll be over just after two p.m. hopefully so I thought oh I'll be over as in I'll be over with whatever I'm doing so I rang him at two o'clock and. Um, and and as you heard, he was at work. And then I got this message from him about twenty minutes later, saying, "Oh right, just realised that you were t- what you were talking about. That message was went, meant for my mum. Speak to you on Thursday." So um, it's nice to know that at least some bollockers out there as disorganised as slapdash as I am. And um, this is what happened when we spoke again. Hello. Hello there. 
Hello, Ace, how are you? I am very well, how are you? Yeah, not bad at all, not bad at all. How's your job search going? Um, I, I, oh, there is no job search. Oh, right, OK. There, 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 there never was. Are you you're, a, you're happy doing what you're doing? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, 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 I'm all good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all self-employed, doing a little bit of this, doing a little bit of that, and um, yeah, it's, um, it's all good. That's good. That's good to hear. Cheers, man. Cheers. How, are you, how's things with you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I was one of the few. I don't know if you remember, but I was one of the few down at Southampton uh, <laughs> for your show a couple of months ago. Um, it was my lad who was taking pictures that night, if you remember. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, hello again. Hello. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah fucking hell. So, but... um, yeah, uh, once again, apologies for Southampton. You know, I've uh, <laughs> 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 must have repeated myself so many times. No, no, but, not, uh, not, yeah, no, not at all, cool. mate. The, the people who actually turned up don't need to apologise. Um, but ironically enough, you know, I've we, we, we've you know, I've had been approached by... Um, well, not approached, but I had a, a few people saying, oh, come and play, you know, come play down here and come and... And funnily enough, a few people saying, well, when are you going to play Southampton? I was like, well, we did in April. Where were you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you were going to do the South Coast again, and I don't know if you ever will, but, you know, somewhere like Portsmouth, it's a bit more, I don't know, it's a bit more metal than Southampton, possibly. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know either, to be honest with you, mate. It's... Um, we're we're sticking to major cities at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, I don't um, blame you. I don't blame you at all. You know, it, it, it's it's the minute. I mean, literally, the minute we strayed outside of major cities. I mean, that tour was um, uh, Manchester, Glasgow, um, London, um, uh, Newcastle, and the minute we strayed away from the larger cities and went uh, and went to like Bristol and Southampton. Um, yeah, it, we suffered. So it's it, yeah, it, it's just the way things are. And it's, it's also you know, it's a, a a band of our size. We you know we we pull really well in those places, and then you know Southampton and Bristol were both disappointing. And it's kind of like um, you know, you, maybe maybe it's not Southampton's fault. Maybe you know every acid rain fan <laughs> in Southampton does total about fifty. Maybe well, <laughs> maybe the case. But you see, I'd have thought. Somewhere like Bristol, I always thought Bristol was a was a really good metal city, but um, well, maybe not. yeah, maybe not. Or, or again, you know, maybe it was the venue we played, maybe it was the promoter. You just you never know. But I mean, we, you know, we really pushed the tour um, uh, as best we could, um, and it's you know, and it, it's a venue that people are used to seeing, you know our type of banding and and uh, you know it would have been awesome if we'd uh i mean don't get me wrong you know we, we really enjoyed both shows bristol and southampton and um and um and bristol was an awesome venue uh and we, we could have just done with at least about 100 more people and it would have been yeah. absolutely kicking but yeah. you know such is life you can't have everything anyway you can't Anyway, yes. yeah, this this is not this is not all about me. This is all about you <laughs> and and your um and your quest. So um, I, well, I, I I can't I can't take credit for the whole thing. I have to say, I mean, it, it came about. Um, I don't know if you. I, I think I explained some of the backstory to you, but you did, um, yeah. But for the benefit of those listening, I mean, I will yeah, have I will absolutely. have I will have done an introduction to the to the interview. So I will, you know, I'll, I've got I'll have gone through the whole arena heavy cool. metal thing because uh, yeah i mean that was 
that was that was the thing, wasn't it, back in the day? Absolutely, it was. Um, you know, and it was about the first sighting that anybody would ever had on mainstream TV of you know proper metal bands like Slayer and Metallica, and you know if you can class Napalm Death as metal, I don't know. But well, they you know, sort was... they sort of were back then, weren't they? Yeah, I guess they were. I guess they were. But you know, I mean, the documentary itself was. It was all encompassing. You had everything on there from from Kiss to, like, say, Napalm Death, and it was it was a bit it was a bit messy and it was a bit messed up. But the the star of the show um, at the time was this was this lad Mitch Hale, um, who was just a you know a regular a regular metal guy from um, we're guessing somewhere in the Midlands, um, and he had a girlfriend called Penny. Penny Russian was her name. Yeah, and you know, they they became the stars of the show in a in a kind of I don't want to I don't want it to come across that you know the, the the search for Mitch Hale is is mocking Mitch Hale because it isn't. In fact, what it is, what it represents is um, there, there's a whole load of people of, of my age now who were in their late teens when that documentary came out. Yeah, um, who actually hold him in a lot of affection because that's exactly the way that we used to think and talk about the bands that we loved in those days. Yeah. Um, so the problem, no, well, it isn't a problem, but he came out with some absolutely classic lines that, you know, have become very, very quotable amongst sort of, again, people of my age who saw the documentary um, in the same way that things like, I don't know, Bad News and Spinal Tap are quotable. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not, it's, I, I want it to be absolutely clear that, you know, we're not, we're not mocking him, but it would just be, it'd be really interesting to know whatever happened to him because he seems literally to have disappeared off the face of the planet. Well, you're, you're right. This no. is, it was the era of quotable documentaries because um, I, I know a lot of people, um, uh, sports fans, quote the old um, Graham Taylor, do I not like that documentary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and there, it, 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 you're right. It is one of those where everybody was quoting it back in the day. Yeah, but like I say, I mean, there's been there's been one sighting of him. Right. Um, one of the, 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 the Facebook page, search for Mitch Hale, um, which I can't take credit for. I don't know who actually started that, but I I came across it just looking one day. I just randomly typed Mitch Hale into into the Facebook like search engine, and and this page came up. Um, and uh, somebody on there did see him uh, at, I think it was somewhere like Trent Polytechnic at a Dark Angel show, um, possibly with nuclear assault supporting, I'm not sure. And they saw him uh, hand his leather jacket to Penny, his girlfriend, while he went down to the to the dance floor to have a bit of a mosh and a jump about. Um, but other than that, no one knows who he who he is or where he is or you know he, he might have moved abroad um yeah so we were just kind of hoping that you know with me getting in touch with you that maybe one of one of the uh one of the bollockers might might actually know him or know where he went or where he is or you know or even penny up you know you just never know that would be that would be amazing um and if and, and obviously needless to say if anybody is out there listening knows what happened or who he is or where he is or whatever um it's a it, and you said that you said that the 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 search has been quite in depth as well yeah absolutely i mean i i've i've had a look i mean i'm, I'm sure other people have done the same but 
I've gone through all social media. I've gone through Facebook, um, Snapchat, uh, Twitter. Um, what else have we tried? Um, uh, even even searching for usernames on Spotify. Um, <laughs> somebody, did, somebody, somebody did find a Mitch Hale, but it doesn't look like the Mitch that we know. Right. Um, I you know we try. I tried one nine two dot com which is the you know that sort of like the uh, electoral roll search thing and that didn't really bring anything up either yeah um there are loads of mitch hales or mitchell hales but um they don't on the on the um on 192 they they have an age rating and he, he doesn't fit into or an age group if you like and he doesn't fit into any of those age groups um right so it was all sort of 16 to 24 year olds in you know so it would be really interesting to know where he is. I mean, he, he might still be around the sort of East Midlands area, but there's a couple of guys on the Facebook page who, who have kind of narrowed his accent down to to Nottingham. Um, right. I don't know how accurate how accurate that is. Well, that fits in with it fits in with Trent Polly. Yeah, absolutely, and it also fits in with the documentary where he was seen sort of uh, jumping around or moshing around on the dance floor at uh, Rock City. Yeah. Um, which, of course, is in Nottingham. Um, I don't know if Rock City still exists, does it? Uh, yeah, we played it in 2015. Oh, well, there you go. Um, but I, mean, I don't know whether they still have their heavy metal club nights on, or um, I'm, um, I, I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to say. I would. I would have thought so because, to be honest, c- club nights and stuff like that seem to be more popular than actual fucking gigs these days. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, we, yeah. It's it, it it is what it is, but most most venues now um, want you out by kind of ten o'clock, so or eleven o'clock, so they can um, so they can get a uh, a club night in afterwards. Yeah, well that's all right with me. If you're if you're forty seven and you, you're worried about getting home like I usually am then I'm, I'm happy to be out the venue by 10 o'clock and I can get the train well so, I, the thing is I mean I, I was talking to, I was talking to somebody I can't remember who now it was someone in a band and we we were both saying oh I think it was um, Joey Z of Life of Agony we were saying like well yeah it's, 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 it's early shows but ultimately if that's what they need to do to keep the venues open then all power to them because yeah, you know yeah. you, you you can't have it both ways. You know it's either early early curfew or no venue. So you know if it keeps a few more venues open, that's that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that hundred percent. Get it hundred percent. And you know the amount of venues that have closed down over the past or oh, ten or twelve years is just. I mean, you know, you look at London now. It's a it's a, it's a shadow of its former self. So. Well, I can, yeah. I can, I can. Well, the the first ever London gig that we played was the Clarendon um, uh, uh, Club Foot. That's gone. Um, yeah. The next gig we played was the Fulham Greyhound. That's gone. We played yeah. the Astoria many times. That's gone. Yeah. Um, we played. Um, Oh shit! Where I, I think one of the only venues left from back in the day that we that we played is Brixton Academy. Um, right. Well, oh, the Marquee, of course. Those? The Marquee. We played loads. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, did you did you play the old Marquee? No, no. I'm not that fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the same age as you, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, but um, um, yeah, no, but I went to. I, I saw saw bands like thrash bands at the old Marquee. 
Yeah, um, it's just a little bit far because I was up north, remember. So, yeah, you course, know, yeah, yeah. Um, although, although I did trek all the way down for Dream Theatre's first ever UK show, which was at the Marquee, which was um, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, the I mean, L- London really has, yeah, venue-wise, it's, it's suffered a lot. Um, but again, it, it's it's kind of like, it's not because those venues weren't being used or were unpopular or maybe in the Marquee, Marquis place that that you know I, I I don't know what the issues were where it shut down but I know it wasn't doing very well, but um, the the Astoria and the LA two we lost we lost both because of Crossrail, um, that's yeah. that's all a fucking huge station. Um, uh, the Fulham Greyhound I just think it was it was a massive old wrecked pub. I mean it, you know it wasn't long for this world. Clarendon um is is a, is a huge tube station in Hammersmith it's basically the Hammersmith shopping centre yeah um, what about the Palais I wonder what happened to that I wonder I mean I know it shut down but I think um, well I, I think it, that went the same way. I think it's actually still there I'm 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 not sure um it, it's, that was the first first flash show that I ever sh- saw there was um was Anthrax and Onslaught in 86 I think it was yeah um, fucking hell so and that, and that was that was crazy but um yeah, so that's how far back we're going. But anyway, I, I, re- I remember seeing I remember seeing the advert for that in Kerrang, thinking, "Shit, I wish I could get to that." Yeah, um, but I, yeah, I, it was I, quite something. Yeah, and no, I, I, I went. I ended up going to see. Um, I saw Anthrax do their um, that one night they did at the Hammersmith Odeon when they. It was the day before. It was on the Sunday. It was the day before they launched um, or launched released. Uh, I am the law. Um, okay. And um, uh, yeah, because I remember Joey Belladonna throwing a, a load of the twelve-inch uh, uh, singles out into the crowd, um, and that was that was fucking immense show. That really was probably the loudest gig I've ever been to. Was that the one? Did, were they supported by Metal Church? Um, and Crimson Glory, possibly. Oh, possibly. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the reason I remember that, because when you said it was the loudest show you've ever been to, they even mentioned, I think they mentioned it on, on like, TVAM or whatever it was called at the time, in, on the ITV version, and they said that it had gone down in history yes. as the, the loudest indoor show ever. Um, which would explain a lot. That's why I'm probably going to need hearing aids in about seven or eight years' time. But... But yeah, I seem to remember he, he even made sort of like you know proper national media for being so loud. Yeah, it but, was. I, I remember at the time uh, Scott Ian was 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 going on about it in interviews um, around the time, saying, "Oh, it was this amazing, you know, it was this it was this amazing gig, and we had a fucking, you know, it were it was the loudest ever at the Hammersmith Hammersmith Odeon or something like that." So, were you at that show then? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I mean, I was probably at most of the shows in in those days because I lived in London. Um, and uh, I was only sort of half a, half an hour away from Hammersmith on the tube. So any flash show at, at Hammersmith Odeon, I was I was almost certainly there. Where about um, whereabouts in London were you living then? Uh, out in Uxbridge. Well, it wasn't. It's not true London. It's Greater London. Yeah, but, no, but I, yeah. I, I know I know it well. I work, I worked there for quite a few years. Uxbridge is. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, only, I lived down the road in um, in Ealing. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, well, that's where I was born, actually. So. Oh, I know, I know Uxbridge very, very well. It's just round the and corner, that's, um, and that's how. Uh, well, I'm, I'm claiming claiming my my claims of fame is that um, I don't know if you know Jason from Akakoka. 
Um, no, I don't. He and I, he and I were in were in a in a in a, a thrash band when we were fifteen years old um, out in Uxbridge, and um, so yeah, that was that was the Uxbridge thrash scene basically. It was me and Jason and a couple of other guys, <laughs> and um, that was it. So well, it's funny you should say um, that. It's funny you should say that because literally a couple of messages. I've got your message in my in the Talking Bollocks Facebook page inbox. I've got your message. And then it's separated by one message. And then the previous message to that is somebody recommending that I get him on the show. Um, because apparently in, in, in some interview with to do with the new album, he name checks us as one of the bands that he, he used to go and see. Yeah, oh, almost certainly. Yeah, it, it almost certainly saw Sir Ratchet Bang back in the day. Um, but yeah, get, get him on the show, definitely. I'll... Um... I'll, yeah. uh, I'll give him a shout myself and jam him on a bit if you like. Well, if yeah. if you wouldn't mind, because I tried tweeting the band, but um, I, I tried tweeting the band, got nothing back, and um, I haven't really been able to track down who their PR is. So, um, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've just suddenly realised we've got the same live agent, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Although, to be fair... Uh, you would probably be a quicker route if you fancy. Um, if you fancy, yeah, I can just... do that. It's no problem. It's no problem. Oh, He's actually awesome. part of the, um, the the Facebook page on the search for, the search for Mitch Hale as well. Oh, really? Um, as, as is David Gray, the drummer, as well. So yeah, they're um, they're in on it. Oh well, look. Tell it. Well, this is a perfect excuse. Tell him that we've had a chat about this, and tell him I want to get him on. Yeah, I definitely will. Oh, this is brilliant. This is like two 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 birds, one stone. Got you on to talk about uh, <laughs> Mitch Hale. And let's let's get Jason from Akakoki on the show. Why not? Yeah, Why this not? is this is typical talking bollocks. The whole thing is taking <laughs> ta- taking shape. Uh, it's taking shape as it happens. <laughs> it's the uh, sort of um, uh, yeah. It, it, it's the um, the knockabout nature of the podcast. I'm getting guests whilst talking to a guest. Perfect. Brilliant. Amazing. Amazing work. Cool, man. Well, look, I uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. That's all right. It was an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Lovely, um, mate. Well, look, always, always, always a pleasure to talk about the old days as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. It's like you know, it's. I'm going to start calling this podcast for old people. <laughs> Talking bikes for oldies. That's it. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, um, have a good one. Sorry about the other day ringing you at work because right. I forgot. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I'm sorry about sending you a text message that was meant for my mum as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we like? Hey, as, well, as I said, that's proper. That's proper motherly love. That that's proper motherly yeah, love. Right, well, it's, well, it's funny right. when you when you sent me a text saying I'll be round in a minute. I did think it was a bit strange. <laughs> well, that's what you get if you don't if you don't phone me when you're supposed to phone me. <laughs> then you get threats. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, look. Um, uh, look. Thank thank your uh, son again for um, uh, for his f- uh, photography work at, at Bristol. No problem. Sorry, at Southampton. And, uh, and and thanks for being an extra two people to come along. And thank you again. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. And uh, we'll we'll get up to when you play yeah, when you play London again. We'll get up to London and uh, I'll. Um, I'll get the beers in. Cool. Nice one, mate. All right. All right, mate. Cheers, dude. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you go. Can you help find Mitch Hale? That is the question. Are you out there, Mitch? Are you a bollocker? Hey, if you are, come on. Pull your head out your ass. The world wants to know what you're doing and where, where have you been and what you're up to. 
please do get in touch. I'd forgotten all about that documentary until um, Rob got in touch and it all came flooding back. And, and it was really cool to have him on the podcast as well. Really, really cool. So, um, so thanks for doing that, Rob. And um, if anyone out there can help, get in touch with me, get in touch with him, get in touch with me, I'll put you in touch with him. And let's see if we can track down Mitch Hale. Um, and so we're now coming towards the end of the podcast. Uh, one thing I'd like to say is Andrew WK, heavy metal Elton John or total and utter pile of shit? You decide. Um, he's, there, he's, it's, it's annoying. Do you know what it's like when somebody, somebody you don't like does a song that you, you just cannot deny? There's a couple of his songs that you just cannot deny. They have to be listened to. But I just can't fucking stand him. It's really weird. I really like two of his songs. But I, I yeah, I don't like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't like what he does. But yeah, it's just one of those things. One of those fucking things. Um, I've got to learn to just get on with it, haven't I? Um, but I'm going to finish the podcast with an apology. And it's not often you'll ever hear me say that, slash, if ever. And my apology is to the Butcher Babes. Um, I know. Who would have thought that you would ever, ever hear me make an apology to the Butcher Babes? But um, I, I, I kind of feel I have to. Um, there was an interview with Heidi Shepherd of the Butcher Babes on the Metal Podcast. Sorry, cable fell out then. Um, fucker, these things happen. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, there was uh, an interview with um, Chuck and Godless on the Metal Podcast um, with Heidi Shepherd of the Butcher Babes. And on the last podcast, I summed up my feelings about the, uh, the Butcher Babes as being insincere. And I kept saying that's the best word for it, insincere, insincere. And then I listened to the interview with... Um, uh, Heidi and um, she spoke about um, uh, being abused um, by a family member she talked about her broken down marriage that she had because she was in the Mormon religion um, she was incredibly open and and also spoke about how some of those experiences in life had informed some of her lyrics and explained you know and, and sort of mentioned a couple of lyrics and a couple of songs. And, and when I was listening to it, it was a really absorbing interview. Um, I'd much rather listen to that than any of their music. And, uh, and and I couldn't help but feel that what I had just said about the insincerity of, of their music was completely and totally inappropriate. Um, when somebody is singing, you know, deeply about, about abuse and about a family member like that, there's no way that, that I can, I can let, myself off the hook and that I can let it ride that I accused them of being insincere so I take that back I still think the music is utter shit um I don't like it at all um uh, no saving grace for me at all and I will probably continue to take the piss um but credit where credit's due and me calling anything that they've done insincere after listening to that interview um, is just incorrect and wrong, and I felt that I, I felt that it was only it was only appropriate for me to to sort of put the record straight. So so there you go. We've had it all, haven't we, about the butcher babes? I was going to interview them, and then then I decided not to, and then and then this. Look, you know, I will still take the piss, but. I think I've said all I need to say on that on that subject. So there you go. And that's purely me. That is me. You know, no, no one has said that I need to um, 
you know, that I need to make an apology or anything like that. It's purely, um, oh, brilliant. Just got a notification on my phone. Uh, North Korea have fired, uh, tested another ballistic missile. Oh, great. Isn't the world, isn't the world a wonderful place? Fucking hell. Um, it's all happening live here, apart from the fact that by the time you hear this, that'll be out of date. And, ah, oh, fuck it. Anyway, um, so... Uh, it is the end of the podcast. It is the usual time for me to love, get all lovey-dovey in your ears. Um, uh, all I can say is if you want to hear more, there is more available. Um, it is at patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Costs you $5 a month, £3.50 a month. Lots of extra content. Lots of, lots of, lots of extra bollocks. Um, if you like this and you want to get more, that's where to hear it. Thank you very much to all of my subscribers because they make the difference. They keep advertising off the podcast. They mean that the podcast still stays full of the biting, ins- insightful um, commentary that you know me for. Cunt, 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 cunt. Butcher babes, fucking shit. Dave Mustaine, bit of a knobhead. Gene Simmons, fucking ugly. There you go. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, thank you very much to to the subscribers. I will continue to try and uh, create more exclusive content for you guys as well. And I'm going to keep doing this podcast as long as it's fucking physically possible. So um, just get used to it. I ain't going anywhere. Hopefully neither are you. Please do share the podcast. Tell people about it. Um, there is... I've also got the first... Um, an audience with H coming up uh, at the um, Sanctuary Bar in Burnley. Tickets are now available on C tickets. Just put Howard H Smith into C C tickets. You can get a ticket. That's as close as you're going to get to an um, a on the road uh, talking bollocks at the moment. Um, so it's just me jibber jabbering about the past and about the future and about all sorts and all sorts of wonderful tales about being on the road with thrash royalty back in the day and all of the stupid shit we got up to because we were young and dumb. Um, so that's it really folks look it's an absolute pleasure it always is Um, please please do um, stay in touch and share the podcast tell everybody about it it's a pleasure being in your ears all of your ears thank you very much until next month have a good time speak to you then fuck me it'll be Christmas